Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are back for another episode we are. of the Jigsaw Podcast. Um, I am your boy, Josh Rogers. I am Brian Hare. And we are here again to talk about all of the things, particularly the things that we talk about is how we navigate this crazy thing called mm-hmm. life as black millennial men. But we're going to talk about the perils, the praises, uh-huh. yep. productivity, and the yep. pompous circumstance of being those black men in the world. Brian, how are you? Uh, it's a great day to be black. Uh, As always. Out of all the things that are going on in the world, it's still great to be black. Um, some, I heard something on, I saw something on Instagram recently that said that it's dangerous to be black, but it's still lit. So, <laughs> Listen, uh, it's still lit. I would never want to choose anything else. Listen, about if, you? I, if I woke up without my melanin, <laughs> you might as well take me now. <laughs> um, no, I'm well, man. I went to the doctors today and mm-hmm. black men. I, you know what? I'll say that for black men self-care. Um, okay. But I'm well. I am well. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling well. I feel like refreshed. I actually skipped the gym this morning. My alarm went off at 4.15, bro. My body okay. said, <laughs> go back no. to sleep. And I did just <laughs> that. I listened because sometimes I will fight through that. But I mm-hmm. listened and I had today off because I had, um, yeah, I had today off because I had um, doctor's appointment set, my annual stuffs. Mm-hmm. And um, so I slept into about 8 30 ish 9 which is you know sleep that's sleeping in when you when you're grown grown yeah and um and i kind of laid there until it was time for me to go to my you know shower and get ready for my doctor's appointment at 11 30 so mm-hmm. um your boy's refreshed and good Glad to um see it. i'm good man I, I i did work out and do boot camp to this evening at 5 30 p.m okay and your boy made it to the front row i was an all-star today okay at effect fitness you was in the front row I was on the front row, right in front of the mirror, right in front of the camera. It's the one that it's the it's the one that made it to the app. So people, okay, yeah, right. it was a it was a very pressurized environment. <laughs> and did it is usually they go like live on on Instagram or is it was it live? It, it, it sometimes they do, but specifically, I think they record either the five thirty a.m. or the five thirty p.m. that makes the actual app for the class of the day. Okay. And that was the one. Um, so I hope I gave I gave it all that it was it needed to be given. And I hope I didn't disappoint. Uh, I was already kind of sore, but I rubbed my body down in some biofreeze. Mm, okay. <laughs> before, before class started. And my legs felt all icy, but I didn't feel a lot of pain. <laughs> so, uh, bro, I, I, I'm feeling that thing. Whoa, I'm feeling it now. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm good. Glad that you are well. Um, uh-huh. you should be excited about something, okay. and that is the fact that the playoffs are here. That's like play in and playoff tournament happening, mm-hmm. right? Okay, tell us about the things. Okay, um, well, so you know, so so the NBA acted this thing called like the play in tournament. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So all the teams <laughs> on both the East and the West divisions. There we go. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Which kind of reminds me. I don't know why the Grizzlies are in the West and they all the way down here in the South, all closer the to South. the East. Mm-hmm. But that ain't my well. Maybe because they started off in the Vancouver. <laughs> so that, that, true. that, that is true. Be, see how I know the historical things? That mm-hmm. could be a thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they are now, you know, you know, the lower ranking teams, those with not the best records, are fighting mm-hmm. right for their chance to be in the actual playoffs. So That's they're true. playing in the regular season <laughs> to get their last seed, right? Mm-hmm. So they can be able to do it. So the Grizzlies are a part of that. I think the Lakers. Like part, of part of that, of that. The, right warrior, the Warriors, uh-huh. um, all, all of the people. 
So we'll be able to see what the official playoff lineup looks like, you know, after a couple of nights, a couple mm-hmm. more games, or give or take. And, you know, I don't ever watch any other playoffs until the championship <laughs> game. So give me okay. around when they get to that fourth game mm-hmm. is when it gets interesting because then niggas want to play. Right. <laughs> Which is why I appreciate March Madness over NBA because there's just a level of competitiveness right. there that is consistent throughout the season. Right. That's not always there in the NBA. Um, so yeah. how are you feeling? How do you feel about this playoff season with your team, you know, the people the of the Great Lakes, you know, uh, the Great Lakes team <laughs> in a state that has no lakes? But go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, the thing Y'all is- should be the Oceanaires. <laughs> <laughs> well, the interesting thing is that, um, okay, so your Gri- Grizzlies won today. So they I saw that I got an email because they right. giving out discounted merch because they won. <laughs> so essentially, what's going to happen is, and I think I'm gonna check the score in a little bit, but I think the Lakers are actually down right now. So if the Lakers or Warriors lose, then they play the Grizzlies. So whoever loses plays the Grizzlies, and then that those teams have an opportunity to actually still get in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think the even though you know my Lakers are in the play-in and your Grizzlies are in the play-in, I think the play-in kind of adds that March Madness feel. Mm-hmm. Because it, it kind of puts a little more pressure in terms of kind of that one and done type of thing. Yeah, so um, it kind of adds a little more um, pressure on the teams to to win and to play. Uh, and then you have the defending champions in the playing game right now, and who you know, and so, probably. So, what do you think would be a better game, a, a Grizzlies uh, Warriors or Grizzly Lakers? Uh, a better game. Mm-hmm. As far as like just like the because I mean because the Grizzlies are hungry, hungry. Yeah, right? the I, Lakers don't want to disappoint and like go from winning championships and not even making the playoffs. So, and the I Warriors think, are kind of same spot. Like they've been out what they were out last season for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think interesting game. As a Laker fan, I'm going to say this. I think the Warriors versus the Grizzlies would be the more intriguing game. Um, okay. Only because you have John Morant versus like Steph Curry, right? So mm-hmm. you have this championship team, you know, versus like the up and coming, and they're both hungry, right? So mm-hmm. it's a it's a different thing, you know. Um, so it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to see what happens. I, I think the Lakers are probably gonna lose tonight. Um, I think the Warriors have been just playing much better than the Lakers have been playing. So I see the Warriors winning tonight. And then I see Lakers playing versus the Grizzlies. Hopefully they play during the uh, this week or weekend. Because then hopefully I'll try to get some tickets to go to the Lakers game versus the uh, Grizzlies. Ooh, big money. Big money, Brian. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> big money, Brian, and hearty hair. That's, that's, that's going to be good. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm definitely going to watch tonight. I missed tonight's game, but I'm definitely – I try to watch, especially when the Grizzlies are in major competitions like that. Because um, I mm-hmm. watched the, the play-in when they lost to the Trailblazers last year. Mm-hmm. See, bro, I be keeping up when I need to keep up. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, So, yeah, so we're excited about that. Here's something else we can get to shout about. You ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. This coming Sunday uh-huh. is 50 days. Ah, it's 50 days after resurrection. <laughs> What's the interpretation? Hey, listen, if I give the interpretation, it'll be a whole nother live. Shout out to that woman, whoever she I still love that woman. <laughs> hey, my shot. This wind is picked out. The wind is picked out. <laughs> I don't know what is her name. Who is she? I have no, I have no clue. <laughs> she is a jewel. Um, but no, this is Pentecost. So, and it's kind of amazing that we're talking about, you know, Pentecost because this is a. If you saw the title, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be talking about the things with church. But this right. is a major holiday, mm-hmm. religious holiday, specifically for us yep. of the Pentecostal persuasion, us Kojics mm-hmm. and Cool JCs, and you know, uh, assemblies, of, assemblies and, of God, and all that kind of stuff. You know, all them people. We're gonna be in our well. 
I don't know who's gonna be in there. But then they all white shouting and dancing <laughs> and running and all the different kinds of things. Um we'll get into what Pentecost means to us a little bit later, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Glory to God. Milton Bronson had a song that says, It was early, one morning, just mm. about the break of day. Jesus okay. came and he touched me and he washed my sins away. I started running. I started <laughs> shouting, but I had no time for doubting. Brian, do you know what the next line is? I do not know. She says, I found nothing but the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> then the course says, the Holy Ghost saved me. The Holy Ghost set me free. Holy Ghost changed my doubt. Holy Ghost brought me out. I found nothing but the Holy Ghost. Hey, then the Bep said, and it's moving down in my soul. Mm. And the song, the, the song just says, it's like a prayer wheel turning. Moving down in my soul. Makes me want to run for Jesus. Mighty God, what a song! What a time! Oh, I'm about to get caught up! <laughs> oh, the Holy Ghost. I'll go listen to That ain't the song. Y'all go listen to Milton Bronson, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like good number. Okay. So if you uh <laughs> glory, I'm, I almost got so, caught up for real. <laughs> that thing that thing got to me. That like it's good. Ooh, ooh. Mighty God. Oh um, listen. Um, but listen, so if you saw the the flyer this week or looked at the episode title, you see that it is the miseducation of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be appropriate to play, you know. This because we're going to talk about how we were once lost, but now we're found, oh, and gosh. then now we're free. Is what okay. we're going to talk about. You see what I did there? Lost, mm-hmm. found, and then free. Because I think there, you know, there are steps to this thing. But here you go. Okay. I think you're going to enjoy. You ready? We'll see. <laughs> do you? I'm going to do this. What you did? Do you? Can you? Okay. So if I'm telling you this episode is the miseducation of Christianity, and I'm telling mm-hmm. this is a classic song that kind of aligns with that title. Where do you what do where do you at least think I'm coming from? Uh um I'm thinking it's put it down crackhead. I don't know if that's gonna be the song. <laughs> no. Let me start this because you you grossly underestimated your brother. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. It's funny how money changes situation. <laughs> Miscommunication leads to complication. Okay. Emancipation don't put your equation. I was on the humble you on every station. Someone play young Lauren like she done. But remember not to game the one of the sun. Everything you did has already been done. I know all the tricks from bricks to kings done. So if you don't know, let me let me go to the chorus for y'all. <laughs> I know you can go there. Yeah, this is about balance. <laughs> I just listened to this. Oh, so the reason why, of course, you know, this is the miseducation of Lauren Hill, mm-hmm. miseducation of Christianity. But no, mm-hmm. more specifically, like in this particular song, you know what I'm saying? For me, it describes this whole like journey of discovery yep. and you know all this type of thing. And I just think it's just really appropriate for this conversation. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is Lauren Hill, Lost mm-hmm. Ones. And, you know, we all about balance here on the Jigsaw. We are. You know, and everything we listen to ain't Shirley and Kirk and them. Okay. And, oh, we are too. 
Definitely listen to No Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just said a couple of weeks ago that your Mother's Day song is a song for Mama. Uh, the Mother's Day song. I remember Mama in a special way. So don't you talk about you ain't listening to No Shirley because you clearly listen to it. <laughs> Mama sent deserves better than that. <laughs> uh, lost one. Hey, the, the Word of God says it talks about that Jesus left the 99. <laughs> to find the lost one. The one. You better, you better have this Jamal Bryan theology. <laughs> Jamal Bryan theology. <laughs> yeah, stuff that connects to stuff that don't even make sense. Just, just saying reaching. stuff. Just reaching. Shout out to Chris Moore, who's who's uh, Jamal Bryan's biggest fan. <laughs> Amen. Hey, who who reaches more, Todd Hall or Jamal Bryan? <laughs> they they both outreach the stretchable guy in the Fantastic Four, so I don't even know. They were trying to connect all the dots. Connect all the dots, and it How is do we like get they, here? they are in a forever crossword puzzle that is never complete because they ain't making nothing make sense. <laughs> you ready to go into the blessing report? Let's go ahead and do it, man. Let's go. Yeah. All right, we are here at the Bless Up Report where we, you know, shout out and celebrate black folks doing great black things. We do things 366, 20, I'm, uh, it's been a tough night. 20, what is it? 25, 25, 25, What are you doing over there? I see a cup in your hand, Reverend. Quenching my thirst. <laughs> uh, me too. That's why, that's why I can't get my words out. I've been quenching. <laughs> quenching. All right, so uh, we want to do a good blessed up report to some great people doing great things. So let me play this here, and hopefully it moves your spirit. Oh, we got a soundtrack. Let's go. I do have a soundtrack. Oh, oh this is an interesting pompous circumstance. <laughs> so... That is pomp and circumstance trap. Uh, so it is, you know, graduation season. <laughs> we do right? talk about the perils, the praises, the productivity, and the, and the pomp and circumstance. <laughs> and you gotta have balance, right? You know, we gotta make make the make sure make sure it's black. We got it's ultra black. So you gotta give the trap version of it. Mm-hmm. So I want to give a shout out to those. This is graduation season. Uh, Josh, you just celebrated ten years of graduating. Uh, Don't say that too loud. <laughs> Ooh, that dates me. Jesus. <laughs> you made it out all right. Um, but yeah, shout out to uh, bless up to all those folks that are graduating right now. So first and foremost, um, bless up to those black folks who go to those black schools, uh, historically black colleges and universities who graduated. So this is for you, number one. Shout out to all the HBCU graduates. Um, to hell with you, Sally Mae. <laughs> I want you to... <laughs> And Navient. Uh, and Navient. Because I know go, you tried to change your name, devil. <laughs> go into that system right now and delete every student loan. Listen, all of them. All of them. Uh, all you hackers who want to hack stuff, you know, go into the student loan database. Um, these black people will we can be debt free. Um, so first and foremost, we want to give a shout out or bless up to those folks who are graduated from HBCUs. Then we're going to go to the black kids in high school. Um, bless you. And then we went to the black kids in middle school and the black kids in elementary school. Whoever you did and graduated, you the know. Black kids in pre-K. <laughs> black kids in pre-K. <laughs> and, we want to, uh, and we want to bless up the black kids in the PWIs too. Because y'all black are kids, black and you made Black it. kids in the PWIs. So, mm-hmm. uh, so everyone black who graduated, <laughs> even those who was in the pen right now and got your little certificate, 
um, take your courses. <laughs> Trying to reduce your time. <laughs> Bless up to you two. <laughs> Bless up to the folk at the Lamert School of Cosmetology. <laughs> Bless up to the folk at ITT Tech, the Job Corps graduates. Bless up to you know you know what I'm UTI, you know, learning yeah. how to, you know, work on cars. What is know. uh what's what's Romeo Nim College? ICDC. Bless ICDC. up to y'all. <laughs> if y'all still in business, uh, bless, bless up to y'all. Bless, bless up to University of Phoenix graduates. <laughs> Bless up to y'all. Bless up to y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all, trailblazers. Y'all been me doing online learning for years. Bless up to the folk with the Morris Brown uh, post accreditation loss. <laughs> and now you, now you mad you didn't wait just one more year because they got their accreditation back. Bless up to, bless up to y'all. Bless up to y'all. Oh God, I thank you. Bless uh, up to the folks at All Saints Bible College in Memphis that ain't accredited either. Bless up to, and at the culture college, it ain't accredited though. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! I thank you. Bless up to these churches that started school of ministries, <laughs> but they pastor ain't even got a bachelor's degree. <laughs> right. Bless up to all these these fake doctors uh, who got the honorary doctor's degree Bless from up to random honorary, places. The honorary doctors who call themselves doctor, but they, but didn't take one class on a higher like. Right. You ain't got no GED, and you honorary doctor calling yourself doctor. <laughs> bless up, bless up, bless to up, y'all. Y'all. bless up to all y'all. Um, but bless up, to the, bless up to the girl who just passed her eyebrow tinting class. She is now a licensed eyebrow technician. <laughs> bless up to her. <laughs> bless up to the person that was pregnant that uh, <laughs> you got the the negative test back. <laughs> bless up to you. you bless passed. up to that you graduated. Bless up to the guy who just passed his STD test. <laughs> you graduate. You can thought again. <laughs> Bless with the person that been smoking weed all week long, and he used some dog piss to uh, <laughs> to pass your drug test. Bless him. <laughs> Bless him to all the folk who just went through their leadership training program to be the manager at the McDonald's on MLK. <laughs> Bless up to you, because you now you now you got it. You done made it. You done made it. <laughs> you done Bread. made it. <laughs> Bread. Uh, secret Lettuce sauce. Lettuce washer. Secret sauce. <laughs> Fries, <laughs> meat. Now you're the manager. Bless her. Bless her. We celebrating the thing. You, we, all the things. You were mopping we, floors last we, week. We celebrating the thing. But this week you're on the register. God yeah, bless you. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Well, yeah. But for on a real thing, bless up to all those folks who, uh, um, gr- wherever you graduated from, if you're graduating right now, bless up to you. Especially those. Uh, but on real thing. Uh, oftentimes, you know, black folks um, are are considered to be statistics, and you know, aren't making it to college and make aren't making it to a higher education. But we got people that are doing great things. You're graduating from college, doctors, lawyers, all that kind of great stuff. So bless them to you. Um, we're doing all kinds of things, all kinds of places. So keep doing what you're doing. So bless with all you all, and that's all I have for that. Josh, do you have anything? Are you ready to go to the billboard? Let's go to the billboard. Let's go. I say that somberly because oh gosh, God let the death hand have his way. <laughs> he didn't stay the hand of death. That's not funny. <laughs> That's not funny. It's not funny, Brian. It's not funny. But I don't, yourself, man. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Control yourself, man. <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Let's start it over. God did not stay the hand of death. He didn't. He let it loose. First, we lost uh, what many would consider a comedic legend, and that is mm-hmm. Paul Mooney. Yep. Known for some of his more crass and mm-hmm. very unfiltered and uncouth comedy. Um, he yeah. passed away today. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, that's grieving for the black community, the black yep. comedic community. I know he was responsible for a lot of. Um, he worked very closely with Richard Pryor. Yep. Um, he was a mentor of many people, most notably um, Dave Chappelle. So mm-hmm. bless up to him. Um, he will be missed in the comedic world. We are praying for his family and all of his loved ones. Now, this one is for the church kids, mm-hmm. specifically the Kojic church kids, Brian. Yep. Mm-hmm. We got hit with some heavy, heavy news today. <sighs> Bruh. The giant slayer herself, yes. Evangelist Joyce L. Rogers. Yes. Um, as Uncle Ruckus would say, no relation. Um because <laughs> people were telling me, I'm praying for you and your family. I'm like, wait a minute. I appreciate the condolences, but right. <laughs> it, we weren't related. Um, but no, she passed away today at the age of 65. Mm. Um Due to complications from an illness, and um, bro, I'm I'm really at a loss of words. I don't. It, this one here yeah. is so different, so differently, so different. Um, I guess where do we where do we start? We start with the fact that she's probably, even though I've never, even though I don't have her cell phone number, I don't, I've never had like a mentor mentee relationship. I may have spoke to her a few times. Yeah. Um, she was probably one of the most influential people in my life in terms of ministry, in terms of church, in terms of lifestyle. Absolutely. Um, top five greatest preachers all time. Not even just saying women. Yep, not men or women. And y'all niggas out there that's saying that she's you know female this female that like just she's a woman. Like even though she's a woman, she's still great. So all y'all saying that she's a female giant slayer, she's just a giant slayer. Like yeah. you know who she, I preach plenty of y'all plenty of y'all. on her worst day. On her worst day, with her ponytail, yeah, um, slick back, like slick back let, ponytail. Let's that not play games. Jail. Eco Listen, jail. That, that pro style. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not play games. But um, yeah, she's definitely an influence. Um, watched her for years. Um, I think we, you know, we probably have said this before. Like, we don't know a time. I don't know a time that she wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like in terms of mm-hmm. her presence, her voice, her yeah, stature, her um, influence in my mind and just in our denomination, Church of God in Christ, <clears throat> in terms of global impact influence other than GE within the last 20 years, who's had the most impact uh, or or reach someone other than Clark, other than name Clark or related to the Clarks, uh, Bishop Blake, I mean Bishop Patterson, but other than that, really, Joyce Rogers has had the greatest impact to me. That's just my opinion in terms. No, I of, agree. I'm with hundred percent um, with you in terms of the church, not just the Church of God in Christ, but the, the church in general. Like out of our denomination, she's had the greatest impact. Um, so much humility, so much grace, so much class, so much femininity, so much uh, love, so much transparency. She didn't beat on nobody. She didn't spit on anybody. She talked to everyone. Um, even when she's in a group of, I'm probably gonna talk about this later, but she was in a culture of hyper masculinity, hyper misogyny. Mm-hmm. She still, again, was gracious. And even though she can out preach and out work and out love and out serve most of these men, she still willingly, 
um, maintain a level of humility and grace when she served people who she had way more gifting and talent and anointing and power um, and even like a national uh, presence about herself, like outside of the Church of God in Christ, like her and T.D. Jakes were close. And, you know, like he's the if you look at the, you know, the black church, he's like the pope of the black church. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I she's definitely gonna be sorely missed. Um, this is a situation where you ask, you know, your this is a faith test of like, like n- other folks who we care less about are walking the earth still. And yeah. we prayed, we fasted, we sought the Lord and she did your work. She lived the life that she was called to live. And it's like, well, why would you take this person? You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely mm-hmm. a faith, mm-hmm. faith tester. Um, but that's, uh, I, I, I can probably talk forever. So I'm going to throw it back to you on that. No, no, no. I agree with all of those things. And to your point, you know, she passed away at the age of 65 and she just recently transitioned out of the youth chair lady spot. Right, um, right. So for those who are unfamiliar with church of God Christ, um, the way our organization is set up, there are leaders, one man, one woman, mm-hmm. um, over most of our departments. Right. And, um, she was the youth chair lady for at least well over 20 years. I know for a fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least it seems that way anyway, because yeah, I got I got I active. I got active. I think we talked about this a little bit offline around 2002 mm-hmm. and she was the chair lady then. Mm. Um, so I can't you know, I don't I don't know a church of God in Christ in terms of like my activity right. without her. I don't know a youth department without right. Joyce Rogers. Right. Um, and just like you said, her impact globally. I mean, she was a preacher par excellence. Mm-hmm. Um, she took. A, the one of the most familiar texts and mm. made it an iconic message. And she yep. preached it from a perspective of uh, one that we had never heard before then. Right, and she right, created right. like this entire mantra of being a giant slayer and mm-hmm. really changed a generation mm-hmm. with that one phrase. Yep. Um, so her impact, what she did with young women of excellence within mm-hmm. that department, like You're right. um, how she, uh, and I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. Um, she should have been youth president way before some of those other brothers had the opportunity to be so. Agreed. But, Agreed. Uh, I digress. But mm-hmm. what I will say, just her leadership and like you said, her her ability to be humble and mm-hmm. own her own in the midst of that, knowing mm-hmm. that she's probably a better preacher, a better leader, a mm-hmm. better influencer than who was her leader. Right? right? She still stood at her. And she, what I loved about her, we talk about this on the podcast. She took up so much space. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was authentic. She was right. she was bold in presentation. Bold. Mm-hmm. who she was mm-hmm. and very unapologetic about what she felt called to. I mean, even the name of her, her individual ministry, primary purpose ministries, right. Kind of spoke to that owning who right. she was walking in purpose. Um, right. And, and while I may be a part of this organization and why she stayed and stuck around and was loyal, it's something we may never know, but even beyond that, right. Mm-hmm. Being able to own her space and venture out into these other areas and be loved worldwide mm-hmm. from some of the other gospel giants in the world while still remaining a giant in her own right. Yeah. Contrary to what people are saying about her being a woman giant. She's a giant, period. A giant, um, period. Period. So um, the church mourns, Christianity mourns, the world mourns, the loss other beloved Joyce L. Rogers and mm-hmm. on this particular podcast because Brian and I loved you so we much. Do. Um, you know, rest up. This was not an easy one. This was not very few people moved me to the point of posting about their death on my pages and things like that. You're absolutely right. Um, and she was one of the ones that while it may not have seemed like much, it wasn't performative to me. It was Mm-mm. it was a tribute. And even those words that I gave does not adequately sum up 
um, you know, the impact she had on my life. And, right. um, and I didn't want to take up time talking about all the things. Like, I didn't want to make it about me, what some people <laughs> do about death, right? Because it ain't about All the time. Me. It ain't about me. Because I could go right. into the fact that because we had the same last name, we actually met and talked and I ministered in front of her. She called me cousin. Mm-hmm. And, like, from the time we she first did that up until my adulthood, she remembered me and referred to me as cousin every mm-hmm. single time, right? So, to Brian's point, she wasn't my personal mentor. I didn't have a number or anything like that. But it was one, one meeting. And she remembered me for the rest of the time that I've ever seen her. Wow. She knew me from that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the kind of woman, the person mm-hmm. that she just was. And yeah. uh, it's those kind of memories for me personally that I always hold on to. And I'm so grateful that so many other people were able to experience who she was um, in whatever you know, at whatever level they were able to experience her. So yeah. rest up, prayers to her family, rest up, rest up. Um, her loved ones, her church. Her jurisdiction, all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's go. Let's 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 go into the blessed report. Yeah, before I'm gonna um, start crying. Yeah, and go into some of the lighter. Um, so speaking about, oh, I don't even have a good transition. Let's just go into this. Drake is <laughs> right. starting a plant based <laughs> chicken company. Oh lord. Um, yeah, I'm kind of you know not excited about that because who wants plant based chicken? It's not um, chicken. It's not, it's not chicken. chicken. But anyway, Champagne Poppy himself, along with other investors, mm-hmm. they put in about $40 million um, for Daring Foods after the plant-based business debut last year. According to Bloomberg, the investment meets growing demand for plant-based chicken, and they move towards creating healthier meat alternatives. Daring Foods is currently available at select Costco locations in Los mm-hmm. Angeles and Hawaii. The places where they eat plant-based chicken uh, <laughs> right because in the south you i mean i mean there are like plant-based chicken options in the grocery stores but mm-hmm. i don't know brian do you want plant-based do you I want don't. vegan chicken I, I would try it because i think slutty vegan is coming out with like a chicken chicken tender kind of things and i would try theirs because you know i'm supporting black but pinky business. black black so she's yeah. gonna season that thing up <laughs> right, i don't trust i don't trust champagne poppy he's from canada we don't know what Listen, they do up there. We don't know how to eat it. Even though we and have his, listeners in Canada. So, but and his mama you. white. <laughs> <laughs> so you know ain't nothing on that chicken but some garlic powder and paprika. Nothing. Um, nothing really. So, yeah. So that within that, you know, I, I don't want I don't want plant-based chicken. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And, and I'd rather him invest in a chain of American delis. If you go get some chicken... <laughs> You know, so right. give us some lemon pepper wit. You know, what I'm saying, give us some hot lemon pepper sprinkles. You know, what right. I'm saying, yes, in Memphis, you know, shout out to Chef D. Arthur. Give us some honey gold. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> that foolishness. Text of uh, Carolina trying to pass off his real barbecue sauce, like his hot wing sauce. <laughs> give us some honey gold. You know, what I'm saying, like do that. Don't be giving us no plant based chicken. You, you too rich for that. You too rich for that. We don't want it. We don't want it. Mm-mm. Thinking of things that aren't totally black, blackish mm-hmm. is <laughs> transition. That, that's a good. That was. I'm, I'm that was back. a good one. I'm back. Blackish. We talked about this is us last week, but blackish will be ending its run after season eight, Brian. Season seven oh. is currently airing, and season eight is set to begin shooting this summer, and it will debut as well during the 21-2022 season. What are your thoughts about it ending? Um, they called it the modern day Cosby Show, mm-hmm. and Cosby mm-hmm. went eight seasons. So, like, what are your thoughts about it ending? After next year, uh, bittersweet in okay. terms of I believe it's still a great show. Still quality has great episodes to this day. But within that being said, and we've had this conversation on the podcast before, you don't want shows going forever. Yeah, this is not SVU. This is not one of those shows that like SNL that you can just keep doing. Yeah. Keep doing. Um, the kids are almost grown at this point. Um, 
Devontae, we ain't seen him in two years. We ain't seen Devontae since he was born. Right. Um, eight years is a good run. Like I said, the Cosby Show was eight years. Um, y'all getting paid. There's your show's going to be in is already in syndication. Yep, it's already on BT. Right. So <laughs> what else do you need at this point? I think you may have exhausted all the all the uh, storylines. You have spinoffs. You have Grownish. You have, even though I think Mixis is getting canceled, but you have is Grownish. It? Did you it Did is. you hear that? I, I is read that true? That. I think so. Look at Google it real quick. I like Mixtis. I like Mixtis too. I like it too. I think what's happening is if, yeah, look it up. But I like Grownish. Grownish is a great show. Um, they probably come out oldish. So I'm a little, uh, it, I think it's okay for the show to end. It's okay. I think it's at a good place. And I, and them announcing it a year in advance gives us, it's going to hopefully give us some closure. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. You see it? Mixed this finale, ABC Biz, a due to blackish spinoff with Ode to Johnson Children Childhood. So this last episode I just watched literally today was no, the last one. It was based on this headline, is what it seems like. Hold on. Let me we need that's when we need a um a, a person to come look stuff up for us. Because you, this uh, do you watch mixed dish regularly? I do. I I love the show. Okay, did you watch this week's episode? I have not watched it yet. All no. right, so okay, so basically. Rainbow is retelling a story that I want to give you the episode away, but she's retelling a story that happened in her childhood. Mm-hmm. And based on this story, it seems like they this this post contains details about the mixture season for series finale. Yes, yeah, series finale. Not season finale. This is it, bro. Wow. What? I That's mean, sad. because I will tell you this this much of a spoiler. It goes into the summer before Bo went to high school, but I thought that was just setting us up for next season. I'm thinking, all right, cool. Mixes ain't going to be forever, too, so maybe they'll give us another three or four seasons, at least get Bo through high school and get yeah. us to get us. I wanted I wanted them to get us to when she met Dre, and then exactly. it could end. Exactly. That's why I want. Because I, I, literally, want she was finishing eighth, like this finale, she finished eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I want. I oh, wanted to get to that. Just hurts, at least man. Meeting Dre. So I mean, I so Grownish got to be on the chopping block soon too. I mean, because yeah, because uh, Grownish was on season three or three or four, or something like that. Oh, that just I wasn't expecting that in the middle of the billboard. Wait a minute, the season just, two series finale aired May eighteenth. Yeah, that just took me back, man. It says, "Well, I'm reading this says that the spinoff Grownish is still in the lineup at Freeform." Uh, and they're developing the third season of Oldish. So Grownish is still going to be a thing. It's just mixed. I, I want them to move Mixedish to like Freeformer, move it somewhere else and just keep it. Because I want it to keep going. I want to see. I yeah. want to see. I feel like we needed more from Mixedish. Yeah, I want to see. It's a great show, too. I like, like the show. Undidi like is the show. She's a, a freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. I, I didn't I like really it. like. I didn't. I'm going to tell you what, the one thing I didn't like. I did not like. I think Tika Sumter has been amazing on the show. Mm-hmm. I did not like them casting her because if you remember when they first introduced the mom yep. on Blackish, mm-hmm. she was really fair skinned. So I'm like, yeah, it didn't make any how sense. How does Tika transform to that woman? Exactly. <laughs> like, you got mad light skin. Like, yeah, like that didn't make sense. It but, didn't make any sense. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I'm I'm sad to know this. So bye bye to mix this too in the billboard, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Well, speak, speaking of realities that we didn't know was going to happen, Issa Rae is getting into the reality TV The game. Transition King. HBO <laughs> Max ordered Sweet Life Los Angeles, um, mm-hmm. and it is an unscripted series that looks into the, the young life 
um, young black life specifically of people in South LA. It is set to air this summer, and per the log line, Sweet Life Los Angeles gives an honest and unique look into what it means to be young, black, and in constant pursuit of one's dreams in the heart of South Los Angeles. The series follows a group of young, strong-willed, ambitious black friends showcasing their relatable, authentic, and sometimes stumbling mid-twenties moments as they embrace the joy and struggles of love and family while building their careers as tastemakers and influence in the city where they grew up. Just for some context, Brian, mm-hmm. where is, what's the vibe? What is South, a- South LA? Is that like the Baldwin Hills, like what is what is that? Uh, I, that's that's yeah. I think that that's the my understanding is like the Crenshaw ish area, Baldwin Hills type place. Kind so of so it's the, black. It is black LA. Oh, it's black LA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What um, do you think about the show? I I'm looking forward to it. Um, if it's yeah. reality TV, I think we had some like reality TV shows like in LA, like Baldwin Hills, the that it was yeah, a I'm, yeah, I'm thinking it's gonna be like not the housewives, but more on like the Baldwin Hills real world type of Yeah. I think vibe. it would be dope to have like kind of be like insecure, but like like real uh, real, like <laughs> us. You know what I'm saying? Like like even though our lives aren't extremely like uh exciting. But people our age, you know, what is life like our age? Mm-hmm. Um, hustle and bustle, relationships, families, social media, navigating social media, you know, uh, dating, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think it'll be dope to see in reality form, um, but not like on some pushed, you know, ghetto type stuff. Like not saying that, you know, not like I'm. Not loving hip hop, like you know what I'm saying. No disrespect, yes, to y'all. Not, yeah, no, no, all disrespect. But, disrespect yeah, but um, <laughs> show the show. Even though we're we're you know we're there's so much duality in, in black culture, but to kind of see, but we got enough know, of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I love the housewives, but we got enough of that. Yeah, let yeah. us let us see the um the good the good stuff. Yeah, the, and not uh, to say that it won't be some drama, right? Because friends have issues, friends argue, mm-hmm. whatever. And like they said, you see some of the stumbling blocks. Um, and I think with Issa being at the helm of it, it's mm-hmm. not gonna get too nasty and messy mm-hmm. anyway. Because I just don't think that she would produce that type of content. Nah. Nah. And the fact that it's on HBO speaks to the type of budget and you know what I'm saying? All the other things. Because you, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a it's a premium channel, so it's gonna mm-hmm. give us, you know, so I don't know that they're looking for ratings in the same way that Bravo and Andy Cohen is looking for ratings, or the same way as what's old girl who does the love and hip hops. Um mm-hmm. Mona Scott Young. Like, Mona you know Scott what I'm saying? Young. I don't know that those producers are hungry for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I hope not anyway. But anyway, I'm excited. I'm re- and it's set to air this summer, so it's gonna be alongside. So it'll be dope if we get insecure and then like right after we get like a back-to-back lineup type thing. Yeah. I, I would appreciate that. And, and I think we don't because I think we're, t- we're t- probably dealing with Inglewood. She's from Inglewood, so it's probably a lot of Inglewood. Mm-hmm. Gentrification might be a thing mm-hmm. um, in there. So Then they're going to go to Pomona. <clears throat> Is that like South Suburban LA? I'm not familiar, bro. I'm no, really asking. I won't be ashamed of that time. <laughs> no. <clears throat> no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's not. It's, it's not even really a, it's a suburb. It is, but it's not. Like, California's weird. It's, it's. How far is Pomona from LA? About thirty miles, maybe. It's about a forty-five minute-ish drive. Or something yeah, like forty-five minute drive. Um, traffic, of course, is another thing. Yeah, it's about an hour, maybe, depending on what time of day it is. Okay, uh, so that could be the technique. That's like a, what, like an Ackworth. Yeah, I, it, they probably call it like a um, a suburb, mm-hmm. but you know, it's yes, yeah, 
Uh, I just looked up right now. Twenty nine miles, thirty minutes on. Yeah, thirty minute drive. On a good day. Yeah. All right. So, well, that is coming for all of you who love Miss Issa, and um, for all of you who are ready for that to drop. Speaking of things dropping, MC Kevin tragically dropped from his hotel room. All right. And died. Brazilian Brazilian singer MC Kevin. (laughs) Fell to his death from a hotel balcony after panicking. What a life. That his wife was about to catch him having a threesome. Catch this with a model and a friend. Um, <laughs> so the, how it goes is that they just got married not too mm-hmm. long ago in the Tulum. <laughs> <laughs> and um, very recently after their marriage, he was in his hotel room, hooked up with a model and a friend. And allegedly oh the God. wife uh, was looking for him. He would not answer. So I guess when he found out about that. He was mm-hmm. fearful that she would catch him. And what um, MC Kevin attempted to do was that um, he was <laughs> he was trying to jump from his balcony to the one right below so that oh, he Lord. wouldn't be in the room. But he lost his balance and he actually missed that balcony and landed beside the, the concrete, beside the pool. And unfortunately, he passed away. Um, My God. We don't celebrate death and things like that here. We don't. However, <laughs> How brother, I think it would have just been better for you to take the L and get divorced. Listen, take y'all the was, L, brother. Y'all was all really only married about three, four weeks anyway, which is <sighs> speaks to you just not being ready. I mean, you cheating that fast. My <laughs> God, bro. My God today. Uh, I mean, and, and if you was going to cheat and get caught, you went out with a bank. You had a model. A model. You had an old friend. Old and, you know, so at that, and I'm not a excusing infidelity but i'm saying before i run the risk of try because of trying to jump from my balcony to the next you just gonna have to catch me <laughs> you just gonna have to catch me yes and the chips gonna fall where they may you know i'd rather be paying alimony than somebody signing a death certificate so <laughs> easy because um, she's gonna get everything you got brother exactly but you know um you know rest in peace to mc kevin and um, brothers who are out there thinking about doing something similar, make better choices. <laughs> Please do. Make better. If you're getting caught and the and the and the options are jumping off a balcony and getting <laughs> caught, get caught, brother. Just get, get caught. Just, just take, take the, the L. Take the L. Take, take the, L. the L and move on. Take the L go, and move on. Go out like on. a champ, man. Go and like you never champ. know. Your wife might have been freaky. It could have been a foursome. You, ne- like, you, all right. you never know. But we would never know because we would never know. You lost your balance and and, and this ain't funny. It's not. <laughs> ain't it ironic that he just missed the pool? Like, he could have landed in the water. Bruh. He, he landed right next to the pool. That's just like, and so you like, missed the balcony, and then you missed the water. Like, uh, bro, uh, like, it's just, why did you jump? Why did you jump? Right. Why did you what? I just, so many unanswered questions. Right. So was much. he, like, butt naked? Like, so you you died in embarrassment. Like, you just died in bro, like the worst way. Yeah, that's and, and that's, and you didn't have to. Choices, my friends. Your choices. Choices, choices, choices. Um, Anyway, lastly, on the bill, we're thinking about things that are typically, you know, that take us out of here is the BET Awards. They are back. (laughs) And uh, the network announced that the BET Awards will return with a fully vaccinated audience. You get the major side eye. Because this whole vaccination thing that y'all be talking about, it's it's based on an honor system that America has proven. Right, that America has proven that you know, we are not the most honorable group of folks. We're not. But, but anyway, speaking of Brian's home home state again, they plan on working very closely with the L.A. County Health Department to ensure the verification of those who are 
saying they're vaccinated, so they're going to run checks and stuff like that. So I guess that is one measure. Um, registration mm. for attendees, you have to register, will begin on May 27th. Brian, I got one question. We, we register. We for going. What? We fully I'll vaccinated. Go, so we go going. <laughs> we, we going. We go send, go. We can go sit in the balcony. I will. I, I would. We would. We would do jigsaw live for the BET Awards. We need to. We need to get a press pass. We do. <laughs> and interview the people. We do. We <laughs> and do. Interview let's, the people. Let's so listen, let's put that on the calendar. May twenty seventh is when registration opens. We gonna we get going. us a little trip. We going down there. We, we go. We go. We go. We go. Well, the B tour BET Awards reside. Shout out <laughs> yeah. to um homeboy from Louisiana. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, but derail. that is derail, derailly rail, derail, derail rail. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, grab your communion wafers. Grab That's your true. your your red wine, the one that Jesus turned water into, and let's get ready to have a really in depth. We about to flip some tables We're going tonight. Up yonder, I'm going up yonder, Reverend, because that's you know, <laughs> I, I am heaven bound, but I'm not ready to be there yet. Uh, but let, but <laughs> let's Hold go. On. Come on in the room. That, that more appropriate? No. Yeah, come on <laughs> in the room. Bo, 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 bo. Jesus is my doctor. And right? he write out all my scriptions. And he gives me all my medicine in the room. So come on down to the room. Let's have this conversation. <laughs> a very necessary one. We've been a tweet. Yes. Shake. Listen, if your sensitive listening discretion is advised, because we're about to shake up the tables. Shake Let's it. go. All right, good people. Welcome yep. to the living room. I hope that you are comfortable. I hope that you are Please ready do. to be challenged mm-hmm. because um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And all sure month, is. we've been talking about, you know what I'm saying, the ways in which we've taken care of ourselves. We've talked about uh, self-care as men and grooming because, you know, it is a form of mental awareness. We've also, last week, talked about social media and the pressure that sure they did. have on the mind. Mm-hmm. And as two church boys, as two Um, Being in ministry as two people who have um, grown up in very, sometimes very dogmatic Christian Mm -hmm. cultures, um, we thought it was necessary to talk about the evolution of Mm -hmm. um, our faith and how we've gotten to what we were taught to what we actually believe and practice now as an adult. And I'll be honest, I was listening to a friend of the podcast, Friend of Real Life, Kevin Fredericks, Kevin on stage. Uh I was listening to their podcast last week um, on Here's the Thing. And in one of the conversations he was talking about, he specifically said that 20-year-old Kevin would think current Kevin is not saved. And Mm -hmm. he went into this really, not too much detail, but just some details about how um, he was more so talking about how his audience um, has kind of some of them have started to separate themselves from his comedy and his work because yeah. he um, he openly drinks now. Um, he says nigga, <laughs> and he's <laughs> like he do, he still doesn't cuss. He has clean comedy in terms of him not cussing, but mm-hmm. he is now promoting and having shows mm-hmm. with other comedians and artists who do use profanity. So some of the mm-hmm. people, you know, are like, oh, no, you've changed, blah, blah, blah. And rightfully so he has. But mm-hmm. it brought so that was the that conversation. So I text Brian and Felicia was like, hey, man, we got to talk about this because while we're not necessarily in the same space as Kevin. 
um, put us on the app, bro. While we're not in the same space as Kevin, we are in spaces where, even on this podcast, right? I think we share, we talk about things in a way that 10 years ago, we would not have been talking about and not have been sharing. Um, So give you the, and then there are so many people who probably listen to our show who are deep in the church, those Mm -hmm. who are church adjacent, those Mm -hmm. who are whatever, who have their issues with the church. I think it is, I think it would be productive to have the perspective right. of those who are like, you know, Brian and I are licensed and ordained, you know, preachers. We um, are. And you know, and all those different types of things. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think it would be great to have a perspective of one to yep. say that we're not abandoning our faith, but there are some no, no. real there were some real challenges growing up the way we grew up and kind of getting to the space we're in now. So with all that being said, let's jump right into the conversation. Yep. Brian, how did you grow up spiritually? Uh, whew, okay, that's like a loaded question. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, let me see. I mean, uh, okay, so my spiritual foundation or mentorship, leadership for my mom. Okay. Uh, my mom grew up a Baptist. Then early teens, she, you know, came across the Pentecostal movement, you know, um, being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit, as some would call baptized with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence? Evidence of speaking in tongues. <laughs> um, and, you know, her, and then she, from that point, really got deep into uh, the, what we consider the sanctified or the holiness church, um, which means that there are certain rules, certain values, certain guidelines that we kind of live by that are different from other potential dominant denominations. So, there were, you know, although we talked about the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, it was really a a lifestyle based, lifestyle driven um, mm-hmm. upbringing. So it was, we don't do certain things. We don't, you know, right. our skirts are this long. Or you know, we don't drink, don't smoke. We don't watch this. We don't watch that. We don't do this. We don't go that. You know, all those things. We don't listen to secular music. So it was really one of those situations where. Uh, and my mom probably was one of the lenient ones, uh, but it was definitely like some, you don't listen to certain music, you don't watch certain things on TV, um, you don't entertain certain things, certain people. Mm-hmm. Um, sanctification, as we consider, is if for those that don't know what that means, essentially being set apart. So you don't, your, your friends, you only hang out with certain people, only certain friends, right? You know, um, so those things. That's how I grew up spiritually. Went to church. Um probably the, out of seven days out of the week, went to church probably five. Either be prayer or <laughs> mm-hmm. Bible study, choir rehearsal, um, Sunday night service. So in the seven days, I may have been to church in terms of services maybe six times, right? So um, yeah, definitely spiritual, spiritually led. Um, it was a good upbringing, I will say that. You know, We'll probably talk about it a little bit later. Um, but it was definitely heavy church heavy um sanctification heavy holiness uh heavy lifestyle choice driven what about you um the same very similar so my mom grew up traditional missionary baptist Mm -hmm. um when my parents got married we joined my father's childhood church Mm -hmm. and um around six years old seven years old that (laughs) pastor had an affair with a with an usher and, oh God, oh God. and my mama was like, no, um, <laughs> my grandma stayed. Cause my grandma, you know, is 
traditionally Baptist, and she said, mm-hmm. we voted that nigga in, we voted that nigga out, that's my past, that's my church. <laughs> <laughs> Those were her, I, I remember overhearing literally their conversation, them having that um, mm-hmm. as a child. And I'll never forget that my grandma literally said, we voted that nigga in, I'll vote that nigga out. <laughs> um, <laughs> needless to say, he never got voted out, but that was her perspective around, I'm not leaving right. my church. Right. But anyway, right. from there, my mom's original plans was, um. so you remember the... Um, the intro I gave you, you know, get get hope in your brain and dope out your vein. Of course so, I remember that. Re- Reverend Salter was her pastor when she got married. Mm-hmm. Um, but she came from monumental Missionary Baptist Church. All Shout right. out to the late great Reverend um, Billy Cows, friend of MLK in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so her plan was to kind of go back there and because I think that's all she knew. But her very best friend from childhood and high school, uh, her father, the um, late great founder, James O. Rogers um, was the the founder of the church that we went to. So my mom went there, mm-hmm. and as young children, we meet like my mom's best friend, son, and I were childhood best friends. Mm-hmm. So we immediately connected, being back in the same space. And then, of course, it was a family church, smaller church. So we connected to some of the other children there and got real cool. And for my mom, that was enough for her to be like, "All right, let's give this a shot." And very right. shortly after, she when she joined Rock of Ages, you know, she got. I'm using air quotes here, saved. And mm-hmm. she really, you know, you know, stopped wearing a lot of pants. My oh, mama Lord. has never been a big makeup wearer anyway, so that wasn't mm-hmm. a thing. Right. But she jumped straight into that wearing a slip. You know, all all, mm-hmm. all the stockings all the every things. week and, you know, all the things. And to your point growing up, um, I was in choir rehearsal. Cause my mom was in the choir. I eventually got in the choir. It was choir rehearsal. I was at Wednesday night. My mom mm-hmm. was the youth president for a number of years. She taught mm-hmm. teen. She taught the teen Sunday school class. I was at Sunday school. We had Sunday night service. We had Memphis as a big 3 o'clock p.m. program culture mm-hmm. in general. So we were yeah. at, you know, 3 o'clock programs at least once a month. And then when our church would get invited, we would go to the other churches. And, you know, yeah. then we started participating in our district and our jurisdiction and then regional and national. And mm-hmm. so I was at church a lot. And yeah. because my mom was, you know, over the youth department, that meant some Saturday we was rehearsing for the Easter program and mm-hmm. youth day. And then we had the, you know, the fundraise, the banquets and the fashion shows. Oh, yeah. All, all the things. things like, you know, here's one thing that we'll get to later. Like we would raffle off stuff. We would raffle off things for these banquets, but then mm. preach against gambling. And it's legit. Hello, same, somebody. The same thing. Um, but it, but anyway, like I grew up in that kind of culture, right? Yeah. To like where I heard women literally preaching the sin of pants. And if you yeah. don't have your elbows covered, then you can entice a man. Like if he can turn on by elbow, that is not that woman's problem. <laughs> that man got right. issue. Ain't no, ain't issue. nobody elbow turning me on. Nobody. I ain't never seen an elbow so sexy that I'm like, never. ooh, give me the panties. Like, no. Um, no. <laughs> so, but yeah, like, so, you know, anything outside of gospel was a sin, you know, yeah. certain yeah. things you couldn't watch, you couldn't be a part of. And um, now I will say it wasn't so much as so, because our pastors, my pastor's sons, although they were older, they did play like football and stuff. So mm-hmm. I didn't grow up like, you know, sports and because I know oh, some yeah, extreme yeah. culture church, like oh, you yeah, can't be definitely. in basketball or like go to the movies, uh, but stuff like that. Um, but as far as like holiness, mm-hmm. it was, it was that, you know, we didn't dress down. We was in suit and ties every Sunday. Ooh, um, and even on Sunday nights, I was at least in a pair of slacks and a button down, you know, tucked in. Like that was mm-hmm. the culture that I grew up in. So it was a lot of what I can't do because our yeah. pastor literally, you know, he would literally preach us hell scared. Like that was mm-hmm. like, bro, I'm going to tell you how I grew up. The altar, mm-hmm. you want to hear the altar call song? Go for it. This is how it went. <clears throat> 
careless soul. Heed the warning, for your life will soon be gone. <laughs> oh, how sad to face the judgment, unprepared to meet thy God. Somebody's mother's going to be unprepared. And they went down the list of family members. Like, literally, that's what they used to try to get us to Christ. So it wasn't right. a whole lot of message of love, but more so of you need to be afraid of dying and go to hell. Right. And that was kind of the dog matted culture that I grew up mm-hmm. in. I think because my mom was a baby saint as an adult, yep. she immediately you know yeah, what I'm saying? Because my mom too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I think if she would have grew up in it, and not to say that she would have been any less strict or whatever. And that's the mm-hmm. other thing. Like to your point, my mom was also still one of the more lenient ones. Mm-hmm. Like she let us, she she realized we weren't quote unquote say. So we did listen to R&B and hip hop and stuff like that. But in her car, no. <laughs> um, now my dad was driving, you know, but my dad was mm. also old school, so it was like you know either gospel mama or a lot of Prince and OJs and, <laughs> and stuff with him. So we listened to hip hop and rap. That's why, like, a lot of like when y'all like, I Jay Z for me, I appreciate his art, but like, I didn't get into the blueprint until college mm-hmm. because I wasn't exposed. So my first Jay Z album was like. um you know, I went to a Jay Z concert in high school, but like really engrossed in like all of that. Co- now right. you couldn't get away from Three Six Mafia, so that was just the thing. But just like all <clears> like, <throat> yeah, like the whole spectrum of hip hop, I started to develop that more on my own around college because we'll talk about high school. Um, but yeah, so because I was sheltered in that way, I could listen to it, but I wasn't super super engrossed because I was so I was at church so much and ride right, with my right. mama so much that I just listened mm-hmm. to a ton of gospel, which is why I can spit off word for word Milton Bronson's song, right? <laughs> right. Because that's that's how I that's just how I grew up. So thinking thinking about that 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 level of rearing, so to speak, bro. What were mm-hmm. some what were some of the I know you, you hit on it, but what were some of the like the the ones you remember the most, the major like values that was a part of your home in terms of spirituality? Uh Holy Ghost is extremely important. Like mm-hmm. values in terms of you know, being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost it was important because that was something that was going to guide you through life. Prayer yeah. was extremely important. Um, again, sanctification is like, you know, choosing your friends extremely wise because you know that your friends have the ability to um, make or break you in a sense. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, and this wasn't my mom's doing, but uh, in sin consciousness, um, mm-hmm. like everything was sin conscious, like. Sin, 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 mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't sin. Don't do that. A disobedience is a sin. Um, you know, talking backwards is a sin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all kind of, all that kind of stuff. So that was a major thing. Spiritual values was really based off the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, all that kind of, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Prayer. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, I would, I would agree. Similar again, similar, and that, it probably because you know. Our our uh, mothers are probably more similar than they are different, mm-hmm. um, but some of the same things. Like you know, we gotta pray. We gonna do this. We gonna do. It. I will say, my mom. The one the one thing she did not force on us was like we had big projects and homework. She would let us miss church because mm. um, I I hear the story of people doing homework on the back row and like I've I've done some homework in church, mm-hmm. but like if I had like homework homework. I wasn't going. The here's the thing. She would sometimes tell me, well, you should have finished that because you know we had church tonight. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, mom, I tried. It's just, it's just a lot. I can't, it's just right. a lot. I can't <laughs> you know, I can't. And back then, you know, we had a computer at home, but like 
you know that like like now technology is just ubiquitous to learning and right. it just wasn't the same thing so like, i gotta type this paper i gotta type it's paper. We got dial up internet, so you've been on the phone. So I can't, I can't mm-hmm. research like I want until you go to church, right? Because right. now I'm gonna tie up the phone line for an hour and a half, and and don't let the LOL that free trial. And I got put in a new disc, and now, <laughs> <laughs> and that just yeah, see y'all, y'all don't remember that. Y'all Hard don't remember time. that. Then I got to you know, save it on my floppy disk. Take that junk to the library because we ain't have a printer. So like, oh, all, like all of the like all of the things, right? So I would definitely say. Definitely some of the, you know, the same things um, spiritually guiding our home. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's move forward and talk about the next step of this. So okay. thinking about all that your mom instilled in you and, you know, everything that you were learning from your pastor, what oh. were some of the things before, I guess, you, you know, quote unquote, got saved? What were some of the things you bucked up against that you was uh, like initially <clears throat> like, nah, I ain't with it? It's crazy because I kind of got into everything so young. Mm-hmm. Um and there were like moments and spurts where I felt like I wanted to kind of like look over the fence, as you see. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we the were, grass I, was greener. Yeah. Like, and you know this, like, sanctified house. Like, yeah. But then you go to school every day and folks is cussing and, you know, talking about sex. And, and we, we talked about sex at our house, but it was just a different conversation. It was, no, sure. My mom was, your mom was open about sex, but this is, we're actually at school. And people talking about linking up to have sex. That's a whole different conversation. You know what I'm saying? No, I um, no, I get it. People was talking about getting <laughs> head in all, in stairwells. Yeah, stuff. slapping like, my knob, uh, like holding <laughs> the cop. Um, <laughs> so it, you know, it was kind of like that looking over the fence. So some things that I I really kind of do. I want to say like I just bucked up against, but I really wanted to kind of explore. Uh, yeah. was definitely like. You know, alcohol was a thing I explored at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to smoke weed at a young age. Um, okay. Didn't really have the desired effect, so you know, I didn't keep doing that. Um, music was definitely a thing that I really... Uh, and you're talking about <clears throat> Jay-Z. So Jay-Z Hard at Life t- Volume 2 was a thing. Um, DMX was a thing. Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, and clearly, if you look at his album cover, my mom was not with him. I had to hide some of that stuff. Um, I remember one time I went to summer camp. I probably was in like the sixth, fifth or sixth grade, and I was we were at summer camp. And um, and this is when I like fell in love with hip hop. Uh, Cause my dad, I was my my dad. I went to his house. He listened to hip hop. That's all he listened to. Okay. But uh, one summer, my mom sent us to summer camp, and I was there, and they played "If I Ruled the World" by Nas. Okay. And. And everyone was like singing the lyrics, like word for word, line by line, and just singing. I'm looking around, like, wh- like what like, am I what missing is out on? Right, like, right. what is happening? Like, how is it that everybody knows the song and I don't know this? Like, what is you know? And I felt like I was left out. I felt like I was left out. I felt like an outcast. Um, but then what it ended up making me want to do is like, I need to find that song. I'm mm-hmm. going to listen to it. And if you ask me right now, what are my favorite hip hop songs of all time? Fiber of the world because of that moment, and I can literally listen to that song every single day because it, yeah. it took me to a certain place. Um, and self exploration, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, movies like <laughs> uh, I wanted to see the R rated movies and stuff like that because my mom wouldn't let me see the movies. Um, and you go to school and kids are talking about the movies that you can't see. Um, mm, TV shows, TV yeah. shows that you know. People talking about a living color, and you know, and you couldn't see it, so I had to sneak to watch a living color. So, 
pretty much everything you could think of that was not allowed tv media um behaviors i dabbled in it or i i was intrigued by it because i was told not to do it what about you um i, I think music would be i was one of the things I struggled with a lot was being a people pleaser, especially in my younger age. So for me, it was more so just music though. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't know that I would become an eventual minister of music at my church. Didn't know that I would be in band in mm-hmm. high school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but music was always, and I think because while my dad isn't like an artist or anything, he has a deep appreciation for music. Like he was texting mm-hmm. me today about Sam Henshaw. Um, mm-hmm. I put him he's on the set. I put him on the Sam and he's like a bigger fan <laughs> than me now. <laughs> um, but no, I said that to say my dad has these old school, like le- bro, leather bound tape holders wow. with like cameo and Prince tapes and just, mm, so that kind of stuff was in that. our home. And my dad had a tape player in his car for years. Like, and was still use like wouldn't buy no CDs would keep buying the cassettes because <laughs> he wasn't upgrading that. Mm-hmm. And he had he upgraded his car. My dad had an old school Cutlass, mm-hmm. and I never forget it. Caught on fire when he was at work, randomly oh, in a wow. garage. Um, but anyway, but he bought this pickup truck. <clears throat> that was in the time where cassettes were phasing out, but they still had a lot of cars with them. Right. Um, so of course they didn't like completely phase. And I just had to do them. My dad had a bunch of cassettes, so mm-hmm. he kept cassettes. So music was always a big part of our life so for me it was listening to shout out to k97 in memphis and hot 1071 mm-hmm. um 103.5 i like it now but back then it was you know the oj's and temptations i'm gonna try this 103.5 <laughs> um but yeah bro music was the biggest thing because mm-hmm. i i liked gospel music and i still love have a deep appreciation oh, for gospel yes. and especially a good choir sound mm-hmm. um we were just talking about judy christian McAllister before the podcast like you know i love a good churchy sound she's amazing she's amazing right she's the queen of praise and worship um but so but there were moments where i wanted to hear about like love and life like i remember my the first cd i bought my own money which I regret. I wish I had. A, I wish I could do. I had to do over was Bone Thugs. Was Bone Thugs and Harmony? Um, turn, because I really turn on nineteen ninety nine or something like that. Yeah, what was with, it? Whichever the one that had like Crossroads. Crossroads on, was the first, oh, was was the first one I bought. One. Uh, and I think for me, it had a churchy connection. They was like these singing type of rappers yeah, and talking about the Lord and the yeah, devil and, and, and they did. Stuff. Yeah, so it was kind of like I think I was still trying to find connections, and I fell in love with Kirk Franklin early. Mm. Um, because of he was so different than everything else I heard right, of God. So right, I was right. like, I can get this guy. Because I remember bro, when the uh, the original Kurt Franklin family in 1996 album dropped, I was in Sam Goody, bro, begging my mama to buy that joint. <laughs> begging that joint. I was made, you talking about a seven-year-old blasting silver and gold? Talking about, woke up! This at seven, at seven, I ain't woke up feeling kind of down about nothing. But the, the, the man of God spoke to me. But anyway, <laughs> so it was more so music and finding right. Kirk and listening to um, Bone Thugs and then, you know, hearing my dad play Prince and my dad was a big D'Angelo fan and oh, Erica so Badu, Baduism yeah. and like those were in concert rotations. And the one thing my mom did, like she loved us some Gerald LaVert. She liked that little chunky man. <laughs> so we had like LSG in the LSG. house. And, um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it was stuff like, and then Maxwell, his debut album. Mm-hmm. So those, so it was a lot of R&B. So that's another reason why I was behind when I mentioned Jay-Z specifically behind on the rap curve because I grew up on a lot of R&B. But anyway, but having those those snippets, wanted I wanted to find more, Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I would listen to a lot. And then here's the other thing: because I was told that I couldn't be saved while listening to secular music, I was like, "Well, 
I guess I ain't gonna be safe for a minute then because I love right. I love this music. Um and yeah. we could talk about, you know, the the um the terribleness of that later, but right. um like that those were that was the one thing that I did buck up against. Um in terms of dating, I didn't officially lose my virginity until um first year of college. So mm. um so like I wasn't really like I mean, I was probably I was doing some little inappropriate stuff on field trips and stuff like that under the blanket. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Sorry, dad. You know, but in terms of like legit smashing, no. I mean, I, I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I guess lust is lust or whatever. But you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, so that but music was the main like main consistent thing. I was just like, I didn't care. I'm gonna listen to music, but when I did right. get saved at like 16, I cut it off cold turkey, and I was. We'll talk. We'll we'll talk yeah. through that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that that leads me directly to the next question: When did you get saved, and did you feel pressure to do that? <sighs> and and this is probably something that a lot of church kids understand. Okay, the first time. The so first time. Multiple times. So the first time. <laughs> yes. so the, right. So the first time was you know uh, I was about nine or ten. I remember like it was yesterday. Um. Dr. Ron was preaching. I was yes. at Life Church, but the pastor was Ron Gibson. So you may know him off of uh, Preachers of LA. LA. I know the mustache for sure. Yeah, we were members at that church. Um, Ron Gibson, not Ron Gibson. Uh, yeah, Terry Ron uh, was actually the preacher of that time. It was a Friday night. You were a you know. member of Ron Gibson's church. Wow. My, my, my mom was there. My mom uh, was like helping him out. I think she might have been on staff or she was pretty much involved in the church or something like that. Gotcha. I mean, Chris um, was a member of Word of Faith at some point with Dale Brown or something. <laughs> But th- this is this is before, this is before Ron became Ron Gibson. This is before he be, like became the guy. The Ron that Gibson, we now. know. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was Friday night. I remember the altar. I remember altar appeal. I remember the message. He talked about David killing Goliath. Um, so appropriate. Uh, but uh, I remember like the altar call, and I remember being compelled to come down to the altar. I was around nine, like nine ten or whatever. Okay. And then I remember accepting accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. So. That went on for a while. That was elementary school. Mm-hmm. Then nine-year-old. I heard living. Yeah, listen, living, taking my Bible to school and everything. <laughs> I, I was saved. I love the Lord with all my heart. Um, preaching and everything. And then, of course, you go to like high school, you know, middle school, mm-hmm. and then it's this transition. And you veer off, and then you're like really getting life. Um, and then I think I said it before. Middle school, my dad moved away. It was just a crazy time. I moved to a different city. I wasn't yeah. at the moment anymore. It was a crazy transition. And then I got saved again my junior year of high school, okay. I want to say. Okay. Junior year of high school. And my, we ended up going to the church. Terrence from the person that preached when I got saved the first time. My mom joined that church because um, he was the start of the pastor. So he was trying to find some people who we could trust and some members there to kind of help out established what he was doing there it was already an established church but uh to kind of help out the transition period so we went there so kind of full circle the person that and when i first got saved he's not my pastor uh and you know for something something you know something happened and i like kind of you know the shift happened where you accept christ again junior high school and like you said everything just changes and you just go go cold turkey yeah yeah yeah, yeah. on everything like i said we can probably talk about it a little bit later but that's that's what that was that was my junior high school so first time was i was like nine nine o'clock nine years old and then the second time i was like 16 so in high school so we were we were so dogmatic and we was like you know we we we're we not doing that you come to the altar every week stuff either you get saved or oh, you yeah, don't no. so <laughs> yeah. one no nine-year-old josh getting saved 
Um, <laughs> it was legit. I never forget. Uh, I think I mentioned this when we were, you know, doing our tribute to Joyce Rogers uh, oratorical contest. So one of the okay. oratorical contests was the topic that year was very preachy. Mm-hmm. At least it felt it anyway. And uh, I did the oratorical contest. And from there, my pastor was like, I want you to do the inspirational message on youth day. And I'm like, Okay. You want me to do what? <laughs> so I did it, bro. And, you know, shout out to 15-year-old, 16-year-old Josh. I killed. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I preached that youth day. Linwood Dillard was our speaker. That's when his church was Germantown Community Church of God. Oh, I remember the name of that church. Yeah, yep. that's when he was, like, super young, like 20-something. And I got saved that day in my black pants and my multicolored shirt. You know, that's what the U-Quad wore, black bottoms oh, yeah. and multicolored tops. Always. And, um, this was the colors. Was and I got saved. <laughs> and I told – it was junior year, 16. And I told my girlfriend. I was like, hey, wow, but my girlfriend thing. was um, – she grew up coaching. So she mm-hmm. understood. Uh, like I said, we weren't like we were kissing and stuff, but we weren't like, you know, sexually active anyway. So we really didn't cut out much of anything. Um, but yeah, that's when I got say, and I went cold turkey on music. Um yeah. my yeah. fam my family to this day are big movie and TV people. So mm-hmm. like censoring movies and TV wasn't really a thing. We like mm-hmm. we re- like I think that's why I like Jaden, my son, implemented family movie night in our house. But that's why mm-hmm. I had no problem with it because it was literally how I grew up too. Right, um, right. So anyway, the movies, movies and TV weren't a thing. It was always awkward if a sex scene came on with your parents was in the room. That's yeah. just you know Christian Buddhist whatever. That's just awkward yeah. being around your parents. But yeah, yeah. Um, so that was the thing. And then where it got difficult because I was in marching band and I didn't give up marching band. And, you know, black marching bands. Y'all doing all the things. Y'all humping and everything. We we dancing. <laughs> we doing all the things. But that's the thing. I didn't listen to a lot of the music that we played. Like I would go back and find it so I can be more familiar. Like when I was studying my 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 sheet music, right? But I would like I would literally be doing it for those research purposes. Right. And one year we did a gospel tribute, and you know that was one of the years we placed like we didn't even place. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had a really tough I remember the band We had a really tough band season And I think we did well But because we couldn't really dance and stuff mm-hmm. I think it took away from our showmanship Anyway I say all that to say <laughs> That's where some of the um, The struggle for me Because I was really struggling in my young teen faith uh, Because I was told Talking about evidence speaking in tongues When I was tearing on the altar I was told that I wasn't getting it Because I was in band playing that secular music Oh, and I, yeah, and I yeah, needed yeah. to make a decision. Yeah. And I and it, and in my mind, bro, that messed me up. Now I ended up quitting band senior year, not mm. because of that, but it was really because I was trying to like get scholarships and stuff. So I fo- I yeah. put my focus on like student government and like all these mm-hmm. volunteer programs. But a part of me was relieved that I was focusing on other things. So I was right. like, well, maybe because and th- here you want to know the kicker? Because mm-hmm. literally, and this is how I thought they were right. Because that summer, right before senior year, when I decided mm-hmm. to quit the band, I got it at an AIM convention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in youth church mm-hmm. under Joyce Rogers. So it's, I mean, full circle moments. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember, I'll never forget it. She wasn't preaching because she didn't preach at a youth church, but she was exhorting because, you know, mm-hmm. they would come over. And when she yeah. got up, bro, that thing hit my lip. And I was like, what? I, I said, I left it back. Then I think that's when the flip, and we'll get to that a little bit mm-hmm. later. Of my theology change because I was taught we need to tarry and do this, and I was yeah. literally in a very charged atmosphere, and mm-hmm. that thing hit me. Um, mm-hmm. and I was just I had just quit band, so yeah. in my mind, yeah. I was like, 
maybe they was right because I gave a band, you know, here it is. Um, so that's when I first got saved and I, and I stuck with it. And speaking of <laughs> Ty Hall being, being the one who reaches, he talked about sin buys, kind of like a drive by, but you know, you, you know, you see mm-hmm. it along the way, you know, yeah. and, and, and I had those moments, um, <laughs> definitely had those <laughs> moments in college. Shout out to my <laughs> oldest son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, but definitely, you know, definitely had some of those moments um, in college, even in high school where I was struggling because I was I was the cool kid. But then the church kid and then, you know, like you said, they'll be cussing and talking about doing all these other things. And sometimes I'd be hanging out with them. And I here's the thing. I didn't feel bad for not doing it. I think mm-hmm. as a teenager, the normal feeling was I felt I. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't these people who were super saved. I felt like I was missing out by not saying, suck my, what we call it, kiss yeah. my, you know, so I felt like, why can't I say that? You right, know, right, right. especially right. when I got angry, I wanted to go off, you know, use some oh, four yeah. letter words, right? right. Um, words of which I use pre-salvation. Yeah, um, my yeah. mama actually caught me on a cell phone recording because I called her to pick me up from band camp. I mean, band practice, and I didn't know the phone was a. Uh, I didn't know the voicemail. <laughs> and and it, I was cussing, talking to my friends. Boy, she <laughs> took that phone away from me. Um, but anyway, um, so uh, saying all that to say, um, let's talk about the performative side of Christianity. Mm. So uh, we you got saved at sixteen, you know all mm-hmm. those kind of things. Was there pressure? to do anything that you thought maybe was mandatory to show, you know, your allegiance to God or to the church? Like, did you, did you ever feel like I got to do this to prove that I'm saved? Yeah, it was, it's hate the world, right? So yeah. we're taught that if, if you save, you got to hate the world. Mm-hmm. And of course we probably we live in this world, but don't be of it. Of the world, right? <laughs> and uh, peculiar people and uh, Romans 12, you know, be transformed by the renewing your mind and all that kind of stuff. So it was really the whole thing of like, don't do nothing like that the world does. Like, nothing. don't music, don't, don't dress like them, shows, don't, don't dress like, like them. them, don't look like them, don't go in the same places as them. Um, hate sin, right? So, in terms of anybody that was doing something that was considered sinful, I have to speak out against it and I have to be extremely, um, uh, righteous in my conversation in terms of like, I remember, um, uh, I was so, I was so extra. I remember, um, and this was terrible. I remember Usher, when it, when it was the Usher, like he cheated on his girl or something like that. Was that confessions? He, I think it might've been around that time. Might've been during that time or whatever. And he cheated on his girl. And then like, this is me fresh, say real, you know, on my, Super dogmatic stuff, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. He 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 gets the he accepts an award and he says, "I want to thank God." And I'm sitting there talking about, "Nigga, I ain't gonna thank God." You uh, fornicating an adulterer? I was just going in, <laughs> right? And, and and then like a friend of mine that wasn't saved was like, "Dude, like, what are you talking about? Like, so you just know you just know Usher, like you just know his lifestyle. You know that he's and you know and that was my but my thought process was like, you gotta hate sin and you gotta speak out against it." And you really have to be completely set apart from every single thing, every facet of what even looks like the world. Um, So yeah, that was the 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 main pressure. The pressure also was also to be be a part of all the church things, like go to all the services, Mm -hmm. go to this, go to that. Um, uh, Being seen, uh, doing and studying and all that kind of stuff, and um, yeah. Knowing, you know, the latest church songs and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
those are main the main things. What about you? Um, yes. Um, some of the some of the same thing. I was, you know, if you if you miss church, it was like, why are you missing church? Right. Um, like, when, we would, when we would take vacations, it was even one of those things that we got to come back Saturday because we got to be at church Sunday. <laughs> um, being at every single service proved that you were super faithful. Which like oh, yeah. my faithfulness shouldn't necessarily be judged by my attendance. Um, something I learned, you know. Again, we'll get into the things we graduated from. Right. Um, but um, you know, being super like, it, and it wasn't just enough for you to be a member, right? You had mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. intimately involved. Are you in the choir? Right. Why aren't you serving? God didn't call you to be no pew member. That right, type of right, thing. Right. Um, and get then up as and a sitting down. right, and then as a young man, you know, what I'm saying the pressure to preach now. I did have yeah. the call, but like yeah, yeah, even before definitely. that, you know what I'm saying? You want to preach, you want to do this, you want to do that, and you know, all that different kind of stuff. So I think in terms of performative nature, it's like, how are you showing up and what do you look like? And what does your what is your activity in church like? And then, mm-hmm. you know, so like you said about Usher, how you gonna say that? It's just like me. Like I have I had a a high school friend who was also a young preacher, but he was a Baptist preacher. So mm-hmm. I always be like, he ain't, you ain't got you know, it. He ain't saying because you, you right because you want you part of the ones cussing too. But then like people really respected him as a preacher, and people knew him because people didn't know me as a preacher. But mm-hmm. he got all the preacher love. Now I'm like I feel like right. I gotta I gotta really live this thing out. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, but it was real performative. Like right, how right. can I how can I be better than you? Or how can and then trying to justify the stuff I did? It ain't as bad as what you doing though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I may yeah, have listened. Yeah. I may have listened to the new music Soul Child song, but it ain't as bad as that because you cussing, right? You know right, what right. I'm saying? Or I may have done. You know what I'm saying? Me and my girlfriend may have you know kissed and I rubbed her booty, but y'all had sex. Right, you know what I'm saying? Sex. Like you know what I'm saying? You had the sex, you know, right. uh, or you touched the titty. I just touched the booty, right? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's levels, right? You know, and yeah. thinking like at, at the root of it is all it's all built it's in awesome. lust. It's all built in you yeah. know what I'm saying? All these type of things. So. That was a lot of my perspective too. That that feeling of trying to perform and prove mm-hmm. my Christianity and to the church, right. like you know what I'm saying, like turning down events with people because I had I had youth service, so yeah. I couldn't go to the. I mean, my mom didn't stop us from going to the dance, but you know, like some of the other things, I didn't go to. I went to a lot of football and basketball games, more so my senior year of high school. Uh, and then when I was in band, I was kind of forced to go to a lot of them. Mm. But then there were some that I missed because we had revival or we had yeah we had this and we had that. You know what I'm saying? And my band director actually grew up coaching, so he kind of understood when I told him I got revival. He was like, <laughs> I get it. Um, I understand. You know, as I understand. But like those were the type of things that you know I felt like if I chose band or if I chose a friend group over church or a youth meeting or something, then there was a level, there was a legit level of conviction, bro. Like, yeah, real conviction, mm-hmm. like over saying, I'm going to go hang out with my friends tonight and not go to Friday yeah. night. We had a, we had a thing called, well, you have, you speak out, you know what I'm saying? Where the youth got together talking about the issues of the day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, missing you speak out. Um, but did you always, I guess this is a follow-up question, did you always enjoy being at church and doing all this stuff at the time? Uh, during the time? Uh, it's weird. Like hindsight, did I? Yes, because I was so immersed in it, right? Because yes. it's kind of the fact of like, I developed relationships and friendships and mm-hmm. it's kind of the situation where it's like, um, we all at church, like, you know what I'm saying? So you got to see our friends, you go to, you know, we call it a state aim and stuff like that. And yeah. Um, and that's their name. We used to call it um, Youth Congress. 
So yeah, at the time, like I definitely would enjoyed it, and because it was weird, I had my school friend, but then I also was like, I mean, I love y'all. I see y'all. I must go to church with my church friends. I enjoyed <laughs> my church friends. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Uh-huh. so. So I, at the time, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it because I didn't really understand. Uh, well, next I understand. I was what's the word? I'm trying to think. So immersed in culture. Yes. And I was really like you said earlier, like trying to live this thing out that I really wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wanted to be one with my friends who were at church, but I did not want to miss any opportunity for me to get a word from the Lord or for a move of God. Um, you know, you know, any type of thing. So it was that was the main thing. So I, I do, you know, in hindsight, I I want to say I I do believe I enjoyed being there. Sure. Um, but I'm sure that there were times where I was like, I'd rather not, because there were times I would I played basketball in high school, and you know. I'm leaving the game, going to revival. Like mm-hmm. as soon as as soon as the clock hits zero, I'm putting my my jacket on, whatever, and I'm heading to to the basketball to uh, to revival. Yeah, with my basketball uniform, I just play the basketball game in because I I can't miss church. Um, so yeah, I will say yes. I wanted to be there, um, but who who knows if I really wanted to be down deeper down inside? I'm, I didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, I think for me it's something similar. I think in the moment I enjoyed, I really because I like you said I like my church friends. Being at church was fun. Um, when I was in the choir and got deep in music, I became one of the jurisdictional choir directors. So mm-hmm. it was like you know a thing. I'm a I never forget it when Ricky Diller he's the light king and I I murdered that joint. We was <laughs> I, we was we knew when the song came out I was killing yes. that thing. Um, so. Uh, I think, like you said, in the moment, absolutely. But in hindsight, uh, I, I will say this. I did truly enjoy all that the stuff. But as I, the older I got, the more I was like, this is a lot. Mm-hmm. We are here a lot. And sometimes mm-hmm. for reasons that nobody can explain. Um, right. You know, unless you're Kojic, this may not mean it to you, but workers meeting. Mm-hmm. What's the point of it? Why right. are we here? You know, and if you want to collect our, you know, yearly assessments or fees, then mm-hmm. just say that. You know, right. but we don't need a whole week of church to do that. Right. <laughs> we don't right. we don't need a week of church to do that. Um, and then, you know, why are we having so many revivals? New Year's revival, mm-hmm. Easter revival, summer revival, back to school revival, winter revival. Yeah. Like, come listen. We, we ain't dead. Like, why? Like, listen, I, ain't, like, you know, I don't need to be rejuvenated that much because I am right. still coming every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday right. night. So um, what are we providing? You know what I'm saying? And why are we coming back to church on Sunday night when niggas got to go to work Monday morning? You know what I'm saying? But yes. in the times, um, you know what I'm saying? It felt normal. I enjoy, Most of the time I did enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. Church was, you know, and I think it was more so my friends too. Um, I think one of my greatest issues though was that out of my group of male church friends, mm-hmm. I was the only one that made the step to get saved. So the other ones were playing football and doing their things. And, you know, they didn't always have the same pressure um, that I felt like I had Mm -hmm. growing up as a teenager trying to navigate um, those spaces. So Mm -hmm. let's 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 I know we could probably stay there a little bit more, but let's move forward um, because I want to you know, I don't want to hold the people, you know, a church. I want to hold the people too much longer. (laughs) <laughs> but let's 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 go on because we talked about our early beginnings, some of the things you know that influence how we think and how we thought and how we grew up. But let's talk about the beginning of this evolution, right? So, okay. when can you pinpoint your mindset toward Christianity and church changing and shifting? <sighs> last five years, I want to say. Okay. Okay. Last five years. 
I don't know. I think it was around that age 30. And I don't know, like the Lord kind of just spoke to me and was like, uh, like, do you know me? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you really know who I am? And from from nine to 16 to all those years, it was really like me, you know, doing what I was taught or told to do. Yeah. And it worked for me, right? It was yeah. in terms of it kept me out of some situations and stuff like that. So I had a good life. I'm not going to say like anything like that negatively. Um, but I didn't I didn't know anything for myself. Right. Sure. I didn't know scripture. I knew scripture, but I didn't. If you give, I kind of explain, I didn't know it for myself in terms of um, I've read it before, but I never read it for myself in terms of getting understanding, getting wisdom, getting knowledge mm-hmm. and literally reading things and trying to develop my own theology, my own thought process on that. Yeah. So what I basically did was um, the Lord was basically like, uh, like, forget everything you've heard or learned your whole life mm-hmm. and then start over. And so from about like my around 30 ish, like from like 30 to 31 for the most part, I pretty much went through this whole process of, you know, detoxing everything I thought I knew and then trying to develop my own thought process based off of what I read. And then of course, through prayer and fasting and seeking the Lord and all that kind of stuff. Some of the stuff that they taught me, right. Mm-hmm. The, 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 mm-hmm. the tools that they taught me, which I definitely hold true to, and I believe, um, but I, I utilize those to kind of get my own understanding, my own theology, my own thought process on who God is to me and what my calling is, you know, in the world and what I think the Bible is, right? So um, that is so good. Me. And you know what? I'm going to give you the interesting point for me. It started right after marriage to Asha and our mm. our former pastor. Uh-huh. You know, at one point, that's how me and Brian met, ironically, in the church. We did. We did. Um, through a then mutual friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> our former pastor appointed me as the college mm. leader, college pastor, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, I took it on, and it was really, bro, helping them. I had a lot of college students during my tenure. I can't speak to anyone prior to me, and you probably because you were a youth pastor. Um, at the same church that you yep. were the college minister. Um, I was. Um, you probably like I said, you probably can relate to this. A lot of them came to me with their questions of self discovery. Yeah, and trying to figure and imagine like you had it at youth, like teenager. Imagine college students, right? Yeah. So our age when we were, I remember you were twenty one trying to figure it out. They were coming to me, mm-hmm. and I was remember I got this in twenty in twenty twelve. So I was only twenty three, twenty four myself. Very. You know, not Fresh far removed from college myself. Um, right. So I'm helping them that, na- but it was me helping them navigate. Made me come when they would ask me questions about certain things. I was like, let me get back to you because I didn't really have. I was always the guy too that I ain't just gonna give you Bible and misuse scripture and text like that. It's just right. not who I am. Right. I refuse to do it. So um, many times I would go on journeys with them, and mm-hmm. I would begin to, like you said, I went into my own prayer time and to rethink. Right. You know, and I would, I feel like I really heard God say to me a few times, like, you know, is that really beneficial to you? Right. How is that serving you, Josh? And right. from there, my mind started to really shift um, in how my perspective towards things, my perspective mm-hmm. towards people, mm-hmm. um, how I approached church and Christianity, how I thought about all of the stuff that was really 
cultural and not biblical, right? And we can mm-hmm. get you know deeper into that later. Yes, we but sure can. that's where the shift happened for me. I was like, right. it really ain't nothing because I've always said I ain't having sex to share the season. So you know, all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I always had like an army right, playlist, right. but it really ain't nothing wrong with me listening to. PJ Morton just on a Tuesday, but just because it's Tuesday. Like, right, right, you know, right. and I would, in college, I would listen to that stuff like in my room, in my dorm mm. or whatever, but I was never out loud with the fact that I enjoyed, you know, R&B or rap music. And I would always listen to the clean versions too. Like never the, no, never the versions. originals. Like, honestly, <laughs> I'm already listening to it, Lord. You ain't going to condemn me for the, for the unedited <laughs> versions, mighty God. So, no, but so still trying to find ways to pacify how I was raised, but mm-hmm. then just grow. So it was, that was the turning point for me. Actually getting, it's funny. I got elevated in the church and that's what, caused me yeah. to change my perspective because yeah. of the group that I worked with. Um, yeah. So how expressive are you today about the evolution? Like how expressive are you with where you are currently with your faith? Uh, I'm definitely a little more free. Like this, like, you know, you know me. Okay. Oh yeah. You've seen my, you've seen the evolution. We you see know each me. other. Yeah. We see each other. You definitely know me in the self-righteous, judgmental, holiness or hell, Brian, because I was right but there with you, right? But now you also, and I had like a no drinking in public policy, I had a um, all kind of rules, you know. But now it's kind of like, you know, I'm just going to live my life, um, and I just live that's that's the way I how expressive I am. I'm yes. I just live, I get up every day. And I live. I don't. I'm not sin conscious in terms of thinking about sinning or thinking about you know anything like that. I literally just get up and live. I walk in grace. I walk in mercy. Um, my mindset has changed. My mindset has changed in terms of you know we might talk about it a little bit a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I'm just open. I'm free. Like you can't tell me anything. Uh, I'm I'm going to dress how I want to dress. I'm going mm-hmm. to listen to what I want to listen to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, go where I want to go. I have the Holy Spirit, so I can, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to guide me and tell me where I should and shouldn't I go. Um, going to lead you in all truth. It's going to lead you in certain directions. So, yeah, I'm expressive. I'm extremely expressive in terms of just doing what I want to do, how I want to do it. Um, but I'm definitely still led of the Lord in everything I do. Come on, still led of the Lord. <laughs> I am. That's the Now, that's the word. But you know what? I, I am the same. I am very much... Um, very cultured. I'm a, I consider myself a culture maven in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. And I pride myself on my ability to have duality, right? right? It is that thing of, like you said, still being out loud about my Christianity and who I am um, and not ashamed of. I think even my, my Instagram bio says I'm a disciple of Jesus and a lover of trap music, right? Mm-hmm. So right there, right, <laughs> right there should just know. tell you what you're going to get from me. Um, right. But I am very out loud in, in my faith and, you know, and my commitment to church is just not in the same ways. I don't mm-hmm. hold fast to some of the same traditions and right. thought processes. Um, but like you said, like I am, I unapologetically love a red wine. Yeah. And yeah. we'll drink one with dinner out with friends, you no know, care. what, what with no care. Like my mom came mm. to Thanksgiving, me and Ash had just read up. There were bottles sitting on top of our refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, like that. It's like that. I have to, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but it, so it wasn't a thing, you know, and I, and I know my mom personally doesn't drink anything, mm-hmm. 
But so I wouldn't pour up with her specifically because she ain't gonna do it. But like, right. first of all, you came to my house, so let's kind of start there. Um, right. So, but it, there was a time where I probably would have hid all it in the back of the pantry, even if yeah. it was just wine, hiding in the yeah. back of the pantry. Um, mm-hmm. I listened to like I was excited about the new Nicki Minaj. Shout out! We did not talk about "Beam Me Up, Scotty." I need to find time. That's what I'm going to talk about is black men self-care too because that was self-care. <laughs> um, but you know, the J. Cole and Nikki, you know, releases. Yeah, we didn't talk like, about that, did we? Yeah, I was I was excited about those just as much as I was excited about um, Kirk's latest album maybe two or three years ago when it dropped. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. And just like we talked about Judy Curtis McAllister, she just got a new single that came out. I love it. It's good and churchy. It gives me great, you know, tradi- not traditional, but you know, more... What I the praise and kind of praise works that I like, um, style, but at the same time, that single I also listen to the Migos single, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you know what I'm saying? There's just <laughs> right. there's just balance there, and just yeah, my yeah, ability yeah. to talk freely about mm-hmm. certain things, like even as an adult, as a grown married adult, talk about sex mm-hmm. freely, and you know, not to be ashamed of, you know, what I'm saying, talking through. You know, so me and my wife have, you know, like the things that we do in our, you know, wanting to explore and to, you mm-hmm. know, all this other kind of stuff, right? So um, I've definitely evolved and I am out loud in that way, mm-hmm. but I think that really comes with me really starting to, as an adult, know God, know the God of Joshua and not just the God of my parents and my grandparents. Yep. And that's that's perfectly right? well said. That's, that's where it came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I heard somebody say that. Just like a parent doesn't parent all of their children the same way, I don't think God looks at us all the same way. There are True. some of us who have vices, and we literally can If we're single, some people cannot listen to Tank and maintain <laughs> a level of, you know what I'm saying, composure. For me, listening to that sex music doesn't get my Jones going. Like I may nah. be like, ooh, all right, brother. All but right, like brother. I'm not going to just jump your bones because I heard... Tank right, say right. I want to get you wet and throw you down. Like it takes a little bit more than that for me, right? And we right. can get we can have a part two to a sex episode later. But yeah. as far as like what gets me there, that ain't going. Like for me, that's setting a mood. If I'm already there, I got to already mm-hmm. be there for that to work. If I'm not already there, I'm legit just right. enjoying the song. Right. But right. for some people, that's very different, right? I can mm-hmm. see a sex scene and insecure and be like, oh, whatever. Some people see that and they're triggered. Because they mm-hmm. had porn addictions or they, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know what I'm saying, whatever the case may be. So I say that to say that Christianity, what I think the biggest takeaway is that Christianity in my faith is so much more than the black and white that we were taught. There's mm-hmm. a lot of gray. There's a lot of self-discovery. I mean, even the Bible says, lay aside every sin and weight that so easily mm-hmm. besets you. You. Right. Yep. So there are some things, right, that literally the weights that's going to mess you up that ain't going to mess me up. And right, we can't right. preach this kind of blanket theology that right. says, because I struggle, then you need to stop doing it too. No. Yeah. 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 No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. I agree. So, it, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, no, I was going to listen. I was going to keep going. It's fine. No, I was, I was going to say that actually takes us to, you know, our next question as we get ready to wrap up. What are your current theological views? Have you thought about what they actually are? Yes. And, and to think about what you're saying, that's my theological view. My theological view is that I believe, you know, and that doctrine was created in, in, in a lot of places, especially in our denomination. I do believe this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. I do believe that um, the doctrine was created based off of one person's personal walk with Christ. 
and then they created mm-hmm. the doctrine. Yeah, the whole thing. For, the, for everybody. So if I can't do this, then none of y'all can do that. But mm-hmm. my thought process, and I do believe that I thank God for my mom teaching me the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Purpose of the Holy Ghost is everyone you know, has the access to the Holy Spirit, right? So everyone has their own yes. specific walk with God, right? Everyone, right? So the Holy Ghost may say, Brian, mm-hmm. you can't do this, but say, Josh, you can do this. Um, because the Holy Ghost knows us individually, person by person, name by name, proclivity by proclivity, like versus like, love versus, you know, every single part of us, right? So God knows yes, every single one yes. of us person by person. So he deals with us all individually. Um, so that's one thing. So my thought process is that there's, I'm living um, based off the leading of the Lord for my life. Um, my wife, we're in the same household. She leads up by the leading of the Lord in her life, Right. We're both responsible for Brooklyn until at that point she gets to the age where she's responsible for her own thought process. Yes. Um, on, on, on top of that, my my theological stance is on my thought process. It's simple, right? Mm-hmm. Grace, mercy, love. Um, uh, it's the thought process of Jesus saying, what are the greatest commandments? Love God with all your heart. Um, love uh, others. Right. And then, of course, love yourself. Right. So there's two commandments, but I put love yourself in there as well. Because God created you, so you should love yourself. Yeah. And if you just follow those commandments and loving God and how do you love God? Loving God is by loving other people and showing people that you love them. So as long as I treat other people right, that's right. As long as I treat you right, as long as I'm not lying to people and stealing from people and cheating people and um, me treating other people a certain way is me showing my love for God. So mm-hmm. I'm not so big on trying to please God, you know, in terms of, oh, I can't sin. I can't sin. I can't sin. What God is really worried about, even read through scripture, he's more worried about how I treat you as my brother than he is about how I treat him or paying my offerings, paying my tithes and all that kind of stuff. Because there's grace for that. Yeah. Like he literally died to atone sin. So, <laughs> yes. right. So, and, and it doesn't give us, uh, so with me saying that, that doesn't mean that. God is like, all right, do whatever you want. I don't care. But what it means oh, yeah. is that he understands that we are human. So when the mm-hmm. scripture literally tells us that I've been paraphrasing, I've been where you've been. I felt what you felt. I know mm-hmm. what you're going through. I know your struggle. Mm-hmm. And even though the text doesn't say that, if I serve a Jesus or a guy who says, I know what you're feeling, that means at some point, and y'all ain't going to like this. That means at some point, Jesus got horny. Oh, yeah. As a single man. Yeah. If right. he was tempted in the flesh, we did not see exactly. Yes. So that so if you can literally feel what I felt, that means that mm-hmm. there's literally no level of um, we don't like to think about Jesus in that way, but there's no level of tem- not necessarily temptation, but like struggle, so to speak, that he didn't at some point spirit experience on some mm-hmm. level is what I'm is what, is what I'm gathering at. So to say that, right, I do believe that. I don't know that we had this hall pass to just live whatever, just reckless life. But mm-hmm. what I do believe that G, there is a level of grace to say, "I, right, you human, I get it. You gonna mess up, but mm-hmm. what you what you quite literally can control without mm-hmm. a whole lot of thought and temptation is how you just on a basic level treat human beings mm-hmm. and how you love them, right? Yep. You it. ain't like you know what I'm saying. Ain't no, a, a, you know, a woman with a, you know, a really short skirt and you know whatever may make your eye glance or whatever 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 so Mm -hmm. you may not to blame her but you may physically lust you know after that but to literally say you're gonna be mean to your neighbor just because you want to be a butthole that day nah fam nah so love me and by loving Mm -hmm. me love the people that i love 
And that's yep. pretty much what God said. And that's pretty much what my theology rests on as well. Yeah, like mine too. Um, I love people, and I believe like if if we if we love God the way that we're we say we love God, we wouldn't have a hard time living quote unquote a safe life. Yeah, it's not. It's not hard. No. It's not hard. No, it's I mean, really... I mean, there are definitely areas where we will be tempted, and we might struggle because again, of course. everyone has a vice, everyone has a proclivity of some sort. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we would be so bound. By our humanistic desires, if we truly love God, because there's a side of us that wants to please Him, right? And yeah. if I feel like this is not pleased, that's where conviction comes in—not condemnation, mm-hmm. but conviction, right. right? If I feel like this is displeasing, and my love for Him is to make Him, you know, to bring pleasure to Him, then there mm-hmm. are some things that I'm not going to engage in. But then, right. so that's where discipline comes in. That's where brothers like yeah. you come in, where I can text and be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. you know, such and such and such is happening." Accountability, right? So I think. Again, that's why I believe the scripture tells us to love God, because if we love him, you like think about your parents. There are certain Mm -hmm. things, even to this day as adults, we just ain't going to do, even if it's just around them, because we don't want to disappoint our parents. Yep. Because we love them so much, right? So mm-hmm. there are things that because I love God so much and I feel convicted personally about this, there are some things mm-hmm. that I'm not going to do because I want to bring pleasure to you as the one right. that my faith relies in, right? So right. I think that's where my theology um, yep. is and I was going to ask how does it differ from where you grew up but I think we kind of answered that right it differs yeah, because we you know we were taught to be hell scared and to you sin know, conscious you know, sin, super, <laughs> everything was centered around sin and not around love and grace and right. that's literally what Christianity more so is about love and grace yeah. and that's how I live is. my life um, that's, how I live, that's how I live my life too um, so we're going to wrap it up with these two questions I'm going to ask them at the same time so we can um mm-hmm. You know, because this episode is going a little bit longer than our usual ones, but that's okay because I think we're having a great conversation. Yeah, and it's and church. This is church, healing, church and, I think we, and I think we're helping people. And church go long. Right. Church, go, church long. goes we long. We got the repass Right. We got <laughs> we got three pass afterwards. Um. So two questions, and we'll and we'll and we'll and we'll wrap it up. What are some things you no longer practice? Specific things you no longer practice because it's just not biblical. Um. Mm. And then what are some advice? For others uh, who feel like they're suffering under the oppression of their faith. Oh, what are some things I don't practice because they're not biblical? I can't even offhand. That you were taught. That I was taught. Mm-hmm. I can't listen, listen to second music. I listen to second music every single day. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> every, and I probably usually choose secular music like, over gospel because it's just, you know, and I, I love gospel music more than secular music. But on most days, I'm going to choose secular music. Um, I don't practice the idea of, you know, you got to be at church every time the door is open. Um, mm-hmm. I don't practice the idea that my allegiance to, to God is is predicated on my church attendance. Um, I go on these vacations. Um, I miss I miss Sundays. I... And dress down for church. Mm-hmm. I don't. I feel no no shame. I I dress down. Um, those are the main things that I would say. I grew up where it was like real real dogmatic about. And then the other thing is, you know, as far as what hope do I have in terms of? So for those that people that you know, and and I'm gonna kind of clean this up and not clean it up because I think we gave great information. Um, I'm still a part of the church. I'm still a part of the body of Christ. And I would, you know, we've said this with Pastor Brown was on here too. Like, I do believe that the church, the black church is one of the greatest organizations. Um, 
that I've ever been a part of. And if it hadn't been for the church, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know my wife. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't know Chris. Um, all of us probably would have never met our spouses. <laughs> uh, hadn't I been for Some the church? Some form of the church. I met my it's, wife in a gospel choir, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so lifelong friends and relationships were built in the church. My mm. understanding of how to even deal with stress and anxiety was developed in the church, even though they couldn't cultivate it to complete to the complete way it's supposed to be. Um, my present presentation, things, I, skills I learned on my job, you know, I learned all those things in the church. But it's just enough to say the church is a great organization. But when it comes to faith and church, are two different things, mm-hmm. right? They're two things. Um, and your faith is extremely important when it comes to Christianity. Uh, I do believe that the more we get to the point of just literally just loving people, and this is what my my daily walk is, is try to get better. And my conviction, I want to be convicted on how I treat people. Yeah, um, that's good. If I, that's and this good, is even Brian. at home. Preach that. I, that's how I want to be. I want to, even like last night, Lauren and I got into like a little tiff or whatever. And, you know, I felt bad. And, and, and it wasn't even like I said anything like I ain't cuss at her. I ain't say, you know, I ain't call out her name. I ain't yell at her, nothing like that. But even within that, I felt like I wasn't communicating. And then I hurt her feelings or, yeah, you know. Um, and just dealing with people in general, and even when I want to hurt somebody's feelings, I want to cuss somebody out, I want to do something like Lord convict me, um, on how I treat people. Uh, because I know that's how you get the glory. Cause the Bible says, you know, I'm mean, not trying to quote scripture, but this is how the Bible says, says that people glorify, they will see my good works and then they'll glorify him. I just sold it to the word. I sent you, I sent you an offering to that word. That was good. Look at God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's, that's where I'm, that's my hope. That's my hope every single day is literally to convict me on how I treat other people. And I just want to be better. And I know I'm a, a complete man. And that's the great thing about Christianity is that we're all a mess. Like every single one of us, um, we literally have no, um, we have nothing there. We have no control over anybody else. We literally can't put anybody into any places or spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, only God is the one that actually is the righteous judge. Yes. Um, that's it. I just want to be, I just want to be better. I know I'm not where I'm, I'm, all that self-righteousness and all that I'm better than somebody else because I don't sin as much as somebody else sins and all that kind of stuff that is null and void. That's gone. That's been thrown somewhere. I know every single day I'm just trying to get better, be a better person, be a better father, be a better friend, be a better husband, be a better son, be a better everything because I understand that God has put me on this place in this earth for a reason. And that is to serve one another and be a good human being to my brothers and sisters, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of their um, um, background, their sexual orientation, everyone, we're here to love everyone uh, specifically the way God calls the love. And that is to, to be inclusive and to be accepting and to be loving people and showing people the grace and the mercy and the love of God. And that's what I'm here to do. Yes. I love all of that. No, for real, for real, for real. And I don't really have much to add. The only thing that I would say that... Um, in terms of the first question, things that I do that I weren't taught, my ears are pierced, my body is tatted. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> like six tattoos. Um, yeah. That was a no-no growing up. A big no-no. Like, you say with a tattoo? Like, no. Hell. Your ears are pierced as a man? <laughs> no. Hell. Um, and it's like, but why not? Like, it's it's literally an earring. Um, how is this sending me to hell? There are people with right. no piercings anywhere that are terrible human beings. But anyway, <laughs> we know uh, and they're in the church and they're terrible human beings. But anyway, um, like like you say, I dress down for church. Man, I've worn baseball caps in church. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. 
I've pre- been on program, so to speak, on the mic in a hat in church and um, took the people up. and took the people up. Right. And God still moved. So, you know, I don't think God gets any more glory out of me in my collar versus, you know, if I have on, you know, ripped jeans and a, and a, and a T-shirt and some sneakers like I think right. God, I, I've taken the bounds off God in. I think my my level here's what I want to say it. My level of reverence to him is not in my is void of my presentation. Right, right, right. Um I can still honor and respect him regardless of how I come. Now there are some personal things that I would not do. Like I'm not the guy who probably going everywhere shorts to church. That's just not it's just not me and that's just personal. But on the flip side, I was, you know, the church that I'm a part of now last summer, well, summer before last, right? They was Come, guys were coming up with random, and now granted they were like khaki shorts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but still, and then, but just that was just my personal thing. I'm just right, not right, right. doing that, and it's just call it traditional, but that's just my thing, right? But right, yeah, yeah. at the same time, I I don't sit in the seat of judgment. I don't care, right? right. Whereas years ago, I'd be like. Why you got on jeans on this Sunday morning, or it's first How Sunday you? you ain't got on jeans? How you taking communion and you ain't got on your collar? Like right. You know, these type of things. So those are some things I'm definitely, it's all that stuff around fashion and presentation and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, no, just, it's just a big no for me. Uh, I can love God. I can serve God. I can be in leadership and, you know what I'm saying, look like the guy who just came off a hoop session because that's just, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? That I, my, my level of commitment to God is not based into what I put on and how I present. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. Right. For real, for real. And if you ever see me tone it down, it's mm-hmm. because I'm I'm not looking to be confrontational in certain environments. Yeah. It has yeah, nothing yeah. to do with That's me. That's wisdom now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know what I'm saying? We're a part of Kojic churches. So like if I walked up in there with like super, you know, short sleeves with all my tats showing and ripped jeans and tomorrow I'm a preacher on Sunday morning, they gonna cancel that engagement immediately. Right. <laughs> right. So like that's just a level of will. But they don't, but I'm probably still not wearing a suit. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like it's just gonna be a different ensemble. So I know how to use and that's even like with your job. Like some stuff, your yeah. club outfit, you don't wear to work. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, for the mm-hmm. most part. So um so anyway, if I'm saying so if you ever say, Well, Josh, I saw you in such a this church, what you did you know what church I was at? Right? right. So like and if I'm gonna accept that <laughs> invitation, then I understand what comes with that invitation. Um right. so those that's the major thing. I think you cover most of the other stuff in terms of like music and things like that. And in mm-hmm. terms of people who are battling with oppression, I think take the advice. Me, Brian and I can't tell you what to do specifically, but what right. we can tell you what to do is what we did. And that was literally, we went back to the foundations of our faith. Yeah. And that was what to you seek believe? God for yourself. And what yeah. do you really, and get in that Bible for yourself. Uh, I'll mm-hmm. never forget um, my pastor talking about the older saints who couldn't read that well. And they, when they, when the scripture says marvel not because yeah. they couldn't read and speak, they legit thought it was about marbles. Mar- marbles. So they said it was a sin to play marbles. So a lot of kids, you know, back then grew up not being able to play marbles because of mm-hmm. a misinterpretation, because of a, a poorly educated group of people, right? Mm-hmm. Mispronouncing a word. And that right. and that and then turned into sin, right? Right. Completely right. off base. So right. um, my advice to you would be get into that Bible for yourself, develop. You know, with the leading of the Lord, right? Develop, you know, what it is that you think is appropriate for your life and your family and your lifestyle and what you think is, you know, 
you know, pleasing to God. And I'm not saying go on this thing and just explore it all on your own and, you know, and come out of here with some kind of wacky stuff. But I am saying that if you go to God sincerely and be like, hey, Mm -hmm. show me the life you want me to live. And right. give me the grace to be balanced. I really think God will really begin to deal with your heart in terms mm-hmm. of that's what it is. Um, yeah. That's really what it is. You know, what heart, I'm saying yeah. to deal with your heart in terms of the way you think, the way you approach things, your perspective, the nuances of certain things, um, and then and and I will be honest with you, it's going to come with some frustration because you're going to start looking at the organizations you're a part of, yeah. the conversations your parents had with you, yeah. and all those different type of things. Be like, y'all had me on some boo boo the fool mess for years mm-hmm. um and and sometimes your parents specifically get grace because they were only doing what they were taught they were yeah. only doing what they that's know that's a whole nother conversation that's a right whole there. nother conversation too right and like even yeah. with my mom like i we talked about how both of our moms were but today robin is, oh yeah she still ain't where i'm at but she's yeah. far more progressive yeah um, sin is way she was now. When I was grown, even when it comes to like just, you know, how women dress, she was one of the ones who was like, uh uh-uh, uh, no pants, blah, blah, blah. And while she personally does not wear pants to church still, she has no issue with any woman doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, just, I mean, and that may seem small to y'all, but in coaching, that's huge. Right. That's A huge. Major, that's huge. Major. So, yeah. um, so my, my, my thought process to you is to just keep, keep studying the word, keep yes. exploring God. Um, stay on the journey with him, and I promise you, he will lead you to truths about himself mm-hmm. and about your walk that will make you be literally to live free and yeah. not walk in condemnation. The Bible says mm-hmm. that he comes that we might have life and life more abundantly. And I just really don't believe, Brian, that we mm-hmm. can live an abundant life if we feel oppressed. No, not at all. So there's therefore no condemnation. And, none and at all. to them that are in Christ Jesus. So if you feel like you are being condemned and Mm-hmm. You know, oppressed. That's that's not a. And whom the son says free is free indeed. So free if you've really been free, like how do I feel oppressed in a level of when God promised freedom? Right. It's that's, literally that's a, like contradicting. It's yeah. literally um, an oxymoron. But yeah, um, yeah. This was good. This was heavy. It was. It, deep. it was definitely. It was great. But it I think this though. was good, and I hope that it helps somebody as you navigate the spaces that you're in, or you're in a space of yeah. exploration. And reach out to us if you, you know, have Please some do. things. Maybe that could be the next. Um, be in the billboard again. We would love, and maybe we'll bring on somebody. So we can have that conversation with some other people, maybe get some women's perspective. I think yeah, that'll definitely. be dope to have too. But anyway, that's a whole women in the church is a whole another whole story. another thing, right? But I Jesus. think that's let's 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 pinpoint it. Let's do that sometime soon, sooner than later. Um, but yeah. bro, you ready to um get into some um black man self care? I am my brother's keeper. Let's do it. Let's go. Usa. 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 All right, we are at I Am My Brother's Keeper, where we talk about black man self-care, where we talk about all the great things that we do to take care of our black bodies. Joshua, what do you have going on that you're going to do to take care of yourself? Yeah, so um, I told y'all I went to the doctor, and uh, mm-hmm. everything works well. He checked my stuff. My balls still work. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm in, it's I'm still in, getting hard. And listen, it does. No Bluetooth for you. No Bluetooth, no Bluetooth for, for me. You. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, everything is, is well. Um, yeah, everything is well. And I just, you know, in terms of self-care, I um I was off today because I had a couple of I, when I go to the doctor, I like to get knock it all out. So doctor, dentist, dermatologist, like if it's yeah, as many as appointments I can get in a day, I try to get them in a day. Um, so 
I did that and had, you know, pretty positive results and everything, you know, waiting on some tests to come back, you know, from routine stuff, mm-hmm. but positive that they're going to come back, you know, well, believe in God for that. Um, but in terms of self-care, what I'm currently doing this weekend or week, um, Saturday's my wife's birthday. So happy early birthday, babe. Um, birthday. so celebrating her and, um, yeah, so I know she's going to have me spending money and doing things. So um, <laughs> celebrating her and making sure um, that she enjoys this, you know, last trip she had around the sun. How about you, bro? Uh, I am actually going to visit my family. I'm going to go visit my family. I have not seen my grandmother in almost two years. So it's you know only right to go visit my family, see my grandmother, hang out with my siblings, Uh and that's that's the main thing. Really, just enjoy family. Family mm. is extremely important to me. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, and, well, most important thing to my family and my close friends' family. Uh, so and that's what I'm going to do. Uh, let Brooklyn meet some people, and I'm excited. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh what an anthem! You, you need to play this while you're getting on the plane. <laughs> I, oh, I have I have my playlist ready. No, get you a Bluetooth, brother. Play this down the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Down the ramp. Uh, you played it down the ramp. <laughs> Turn that thing into a, a soul play. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm excited to go back to California. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it, man. Um, I haven't been in in two years. Anything? So I'm looking is forward this Brooklyn's to it. first California trip? It is. Okay. It is. So anything particular you want? To, I know she's a baby, but anything you want to show her? Mm-hmm. Anything you want to do since you haven't been in a while? Uh, main thing, top thing on the list, really in terms of her, is go see my grandma. Okay. Um, because my grandma's older, you never know what can happen. Um, so I'm getting in Thursday. We're going to my grandma's house on Friday. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah. gonna be. She's like first thing on the list. Go see my grandma. Let her see Brooklyn. Let Brooklyn meet her, her great grandma, and then after that, it's really gonna just you know. She, you know, she's not remember anything, but kind of show her some of the places I've been. Is is it Disneyland that's in California? Disneyland is in California. Are you, are you going to Disneyland? Nah, no, I'm not paying. I'm not spending the money for no two year old. Or she ain't two, but I ain't spending the money for. She needs to be able to remember it. Like, Daddy, remember you took me to Disneyland when I yeah. was like five, no, six? It's expensive, but yeah, I will say it. We took our boys a couple of spring breaks ago, and it is a go, and it is legit the most magical place on earth, bro. That thing. Oh, I'm sure. We went to Disney World, but. Yeah, bro. It was oh, so yeah. I can't wait to wonderful. I can't wait to Brooklyn gets older and you can she can experience that. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to that as well. All right, bro. Do we have anything in the um oh, as always, y'all, if y'all got some self-care things, because especially yeah. since it's mental health, please send them in. Tell us what you're doing for black men self-care. So brothers who are listening out there and our ladies, we we are our sisters keepers as well. We um, are so black person self-care. If you got something, let us know. You can send those in to ask the gmail.com and we'll be able to see those as well. But Brian, do we have anything speaking of asking the GXR in the PO box? Uh let's see. We do. All right, let's head over there and do it. Let's go for it. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. Wait, wait, hey, 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 Mr. Bozeman. What's going on, y'all? And we are here at the post office box with the mailman, yep. Rodney Jenkins. And um, <laughs> as always, feel free to uh, write in to uh, the P.O. Box by sending an email to askthegxr at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We will give you a pseudonym and possibly read your letter right here on the show and give you our yep. your our the advice you solicited from us, but it is mm-hmm. not professional, just so that you know right. that. Um, <laughs> Brian, who do we have and what are they asking? All right, so we do have some pronouns here. We do respect 
people's pronouns, so please do likewise. Uh, pronouns. We have she, her. Mm. Um, do another one for the culture. I did Tommy Strong last week, I think, so let's do Pamela James. All right, Pamela James. Great, great name. <laughs> great name. Great, strong black name. Pamela. Strong black name. Uh, all right, so here goes. Hey, guys, I will try to keep this quick. My best friend just started dating a dude, and she has been going on and on about him. She is always telling me the things he is doing right and how she is grateful to meet a guy like him. And after a string of the bad relationship, she's all excited, right? Mm -hmm. They have been officially dating for about four months, but they were talking about five weeks prior to making it official. Okay. I've never met him because my BFF and I live in different states and she is on the no posting until it's official, official tip. I have been super supportive and genuinely happy for her. Here's where it gets awkward. She finally showed okay. me a pic of this dude over a FaceTime and come to find out he is my high school slash early college sweetheart. Oh, the drama of it all. Before you panic, we became friends junior of college after meeting in biology class. He and I stopped dating first semester freshman year. So by the time my friend and I connected, there were no remnants of him on social media, et cetera, and he didn't live in the city where I where we went to school, so there was never any interaction. Fast forward to today, and we are 10 years removed from undergrad. She has always referred to him as CJ. He didn't use that nickname when we were dating, and I'm well beyond, beyond over him. However, we did have sex. Uh-oh, she smashed on me. Um, so I know his business quotations uh and she is crazy over him right now do i tell her how should i approach this as men how would you feel how would you feel if you were him any advice will be helpful or any advice would help excuse me love you guys and love the show pamela james jesus drama for your mama you want to go first uh, I, I might let you go first. i I've, i'm kind of torn <laughs> on what direction to go into me this. too so um I think there's a bunch of interesting things, right? Mm -hmm. I think is I think a few things that are interesting that she's been dating this dude for about four months and you're just seeing a picture of him. Right. Because if Brian Brian is absolutely one of my best friends and brothers, and if I mm -hmm. if I were single and dating somebody, it's probably even if I didn't post it on social, I'm like, you see her? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So that's just interesting. Not to say that that's a red flag, it's just interesting. Right. But regardless of the her reasoning why. Not right. showing you. Um, I would. I almost thought it was interesting that he goes by CJ now. He didn't do that back then. Right. But at the same time, my wife calls me Joshua and calls my mm -hmm. son Josh. And she kind of always has called me Joshua, not really Josh. Mm -hmm. So if like, I don't know, again, hypothetically, if I was single and Brian was like, oh, I'm dating this girl named Asha. I'd be like, oh, man, because I actually knew about three or four Ashes before I met my wife. So <laughs> right. I don't know that I've always would have automatically assumed that, um, mm -hmm. especially if I didn't know, like, where she was after almost 13 years of us breaking up or something like that. Right. Or especially if he referred to her as Ash. and Because mm -hmm. right now, like, some people call my wife Ash. I don't. So if mm -hmm. somebody said, like, after that long elongated time, it wouldn't necessarily right. click. So his name could be, I don't know, Charlie James or Christopher Jr. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you may have just called him Chris and not right. CJ. So that, that that doesn't bother me. What bothers mm -hmm. me is the fact that, and again, oh, here's the other thing that doesn't bother me, that y'all had sex. Like, 
people have sex at 18, 19, right. 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm glad you brought it up because it does bring a, a layer of int- interest to it. For mm-hmm. one, for most men, by the time you're 18, 19, your reproductive or let me, your pain is pretty much where it's going to be. Right. It ain't getting too much longer. It ain't getting thicker. And if it is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got a very small window of how much growth is about to happen there. So in terms of you saying you know his business, you do. Because he may have matured in the face and whatever, but right. that part of him is exactly mm-hmm. what it was when you got to know him, right? <laughs> right. Um, so you do know him intimately in a way. You may not remember all the things because it was, if y'all broke up, let's see, first semester, first year, that's about... Whoo, that's almost 14-ish years since y'all were last together. So that is a minute. Mm-hmm. But it is always awkward if you're friends and you smashed the homies new person or whatever. So yeah. I can see how that being awkward. Directly answering, I wanted to give you all of that because I don't want you to have any pause about those things because those are things that you can't control. Um, mm-hmm. Those are things that were beyond you. Like you said, y'all don't live in the same state. He happens to ironically live in the state that she's currently in. Mm-hmm. So that's and if y'all genuinely disconnected back then, how would you know where he is and why would you even put two and two together? Right. Uh, what I would say is that if this is your best friend, you got to mm-hmm. tell her. Yeah. Just be like, hey, you know, if I'm paying, I'd be like, um, hey, Gina. <laughs> Just staying in, stay in the theme here. Be like, listen, mm-hmm. girl, I still am happy for you, but I just want to let you know, um, me and CJ used to date. Mm-hmm. High school, early college. We were sexually active, but I literally broke over him, you know, first semester. Let me see, 10 years ago. That's around the same time I was. So first semester, freshman year was 2007. So Girl, that's 14 years ago. I broke up with right. him 2007. You know what I'm saying? Me and you didn't meet your junior year. Um, I'm just telling you this because if I ever meet him, I don't want anything to be awkward. And right. I can't tell you what she's going to respond. But what I will tell you is that you would have done, to me, the right thing by not hiding it, by not making a big deal. And then you ask me how would I feel if I was in the situation. Uh, quite honestly, I probably would be shocked to find out that my current girlfriend is the best friend of my ex. Right. My high school ex. But I would, it would, I don't, I think it may be awkward the first time we were all in the room together. But after that, yeah. I would be okay with it. Because if I haven't dated you in 14 years, mm-hmm. then I am much more mature now to where, they don't even, we can maybe reminisce about when we were in high school, but we ain't bringing up dates. Because for, nah. I will be, I will say this, the girl who I was dating, I will consider my high school sweetheart, we're still like cordial today. But mm-hmm. in college, we re-became friends before I started dating Asha. And up and through, like she's married now with like four kids. And periodically, we would talk like once a year. Very basic stuff. Hey, how you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Never when we ever conversed, did we ever talk about like the good days of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Because we were actually really good friends before we dated. So any right. conversation we've ever had post-breakup, and I haven't talked to her literally in about three or four years now, but any conversation that we have had was always just like, hey, how you doing? How's it going? How's your husband? How's the family? You know what I'm saying? I see you because she wrote a book. I wrote on her page like, hey, congratulations on your book. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's literally that kind of stuff. So in this situation, because – and that was – by choice that we had, right. you know, a random conversation. This would be by force in some regard. Just keep it right mm-hmm. there. I mean, because as adults, you may reminisce about high school, but you don't have to always, you don't have to bring up 
your relationship. There are so many other things to talk about. Um, or you can just be like, you know, we ain't talking about nothing from the past. Mm-hmm. We just going to, where we are, we're going to be good. Yeah. So I would just tell her the truth. She's, I can't promise you how she's going to do it, but she's mature. She's, mm-hmm. she's probably going to ask you a few questions. And be prepared to like, don't be defensive in answering those. So it'll make it seem yeah. like you're hiding something. So mm-hmm. answer the question. But if she starts getting too like out of the blue, de- 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 detective gadget. I mean, yeah, right. I'm saying that right. Um. Anyway, Inspector, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was like. Inspector, Inspector gadget. gadget. Oh yeah, Inspector, Inspector gadget. Yeah. Like she becomes like that person. Then I'm like, all right, girl, your insecurities are showing. But if she mm-hmm. just asks you a couple of clarifying questions and things like that, answer and move on and still be happy and supportive. Uh, hopefully she doesn't switch up on you um, because she may find out we're talking about him in front of you. If especially be like, girl, the D was so bomb, like that, you know, that might girl, be awkward. I know. And you, <laughs> like, please don't say that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you should just tell her as far, I think you should be less concerned about how he feels because mm. this is y'all relationship and she yeah. needs to be more concerned about how he feels, not you. Um, right. What you, what you got to add, bro? Uh, something, something, something similar to that, like to the fact of like you know, talking about normalizing things. Let's normalize is being honest with folks, and then letting the chips fall where they may, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, you know, if you, you want to celebrate her relationship, say, "Hey, I'm super excited. You know, I, I'm glad you found somebody." It's weird coincidence that you know this he and this he and I used to actually date back in high school. It was puppy love kind of thing. Um. But I will attest that he, I think, you know, back when we dated, you know, it was it was nothing major, wasn't anything serious. This is what the extent of it was. However, I'm going to say this, you know, although it didn't work out for him and I, I think he's a great guy and I think you'll be a great, uh, you guys can have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. So I would, if anything, I would affirm also her choice uh, in terms of, and show her that you're uh, happy for her and happy for their relationship. Um, but I would just be honest, man. Like, you know, what's, you know, at this point in life, it, it, it should be time out from, for trying to just, you know, withhold facts to spare feeling. Cause it's going to come out one day mm-hmm. and a yearbook, a yearbook's going to come out somehow, you know, you go, they get married, you go to the wedding his mom was like, Hey, what's going on? So-and-so. Right. I ain't seen it in a long time. Like it's it just, so just tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. And then let the chips fall where they may. And if it's meant for if it's meant for them to be together, they'll be together. This won't cause any any issues, and they'll still be madly in love. So, yeah. And the other part about it too, that I just add this one piece, and we can wrap it up officially. Officially, is that if you don't say nothing, whenever y'all do meet, he likely will, or like the vibe is gonna be so weird that she gonna be like, mm-hmm. y'all know each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So just get it out, and next time you talk to her after listening to this. Just go and set it up. Have some coffee. Mm-hmm. Next girl day. And just just be done. Just get it done. Yeah. Please do. Let us know what happens though. Yeah, Pamela James. Yeah. Please let us know. We want the tea. We love, we love, the, we love the tea. We want the tea. Yeah. All right, brother. Greater conversation. Greater conversation. It's gonna be quick, but we gonna we gotta do it. We gotta do it. All right, we let's go there. All right. All right, Josh, we're here at Greater Conversation where we get some things off of our chest. Yeah. And you, we, I think this time, I, I think we kind of know where we're going to go with this one. I think we might do a tag team because um, it's within theme and it's within our heart of hearts. So I'm going to say it and I guess we can decide how we want to go about it. Okay. Um, our icon, our hero, 
Avengers Joyce Rogers. She we said she passed away at the top of the episode. Yep. But um last was it last night or the night before last? Mm-hmm. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, she was appointed on her deathbed a a um a position we call we call our supervisor, which is a nice position mm-hmm. uh to have within the organization. Yep. And if you consider this woman's impact, if you consider her legacy, if you consider her strength, her ability, all the things we said about her earlier, yeah, there's no reason why there should have been any type of deathbed appointments. Um, she literally, for years, although we love her as our chair lady, we love her as our youth chair lady, she was well beyond that. And she could have well been well beyond, beyond that. And y'all wait until she's about to go into the ground or pass about here and fly away and go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to appoint her at the very last minute. Uh, it speaks to the misogyny of it all. It speaks to the disrespect of it all in terms of devaluing um, um, or I don't say devaluing, but not valuing um, great women. Uh, who contribute oftentimes more than most men contribute. Mm-hmm. If you look at the history of our church, women created these churches and they will send a male pastor to go there and pastor the, the mm-hmm. churches. Um, our women's, our churches are mainly comprised of women um, who are intelligent, who are forward thinking, who have great vision, who have great leadership, but they're relegated to servants in terms of being second class citizens. Yep, They can't vote for the national church. They can't be appointed in certain positions and things of that nature. So, this whole, you know, as much as people were saying, oh, that was a nice gesture, to me, it definitely feels like a, I don't want to say backhanded compliment, but it really seemed like a little too little, little too late. Um, her flowers should have been given to her in much, uh, on the national level, her flowers should have been given to her uh, greater. Uh, and that is what my issue I have. When What do you have, Josh, within that? Um, some of the same. I think it is a backhanded compliment. Um, mm-hmm. appointing her that position on her deathbed is almost like saying you look cute for a dark skinned person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the level of equivalency for me. Um, because right. it's like she was already the supervisor designate, which means that it was going to happen, right? Right. But if she didn't live to don't rush it because now she literally cannot fulfill those duties. You literally right. now have to vet some other woman to be the new designate. Like right. you you did nothing but really make it harder for yourself in the organization. She mm-hmm. didn't gain anything from she has no legacy in that. Like Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing. She right. was, I mean, I think her her time as youth chair lady will always trump whatever this was because it was just so impactful. Right. Unless at right. some point she was elevated to our national women's leader. Right. Um, you know, has she lived to kind of see what that would have looked like at some point in her future? But like, yeah, I think it was but I think you're right. It speaks to not only the misogyny of the church, the fact that women are pigeonholed into these only selective spots that, you know, right. you couldn't find anywhere to put her or do. So that's an issue, number one. But mm-hmm. number two, I think it is um, it speaks to a larger conversation about mm-hmm. not giving people the flowers they are due when they're alive. This woman right. was literally on T.D. Jakes, I, I, you know, one of our loose, some of the biggest mm-hmm. stages in, Christ, in the Christian community. Um, yep. And you want to give her this kind of backhanded compliment as she's literally fighting for her life. And you right. creating, um, there were flyers congratulating her and stuff like that. I, like, to me, I'm, I'm not congratulating Silly. that. For what? 
right. literally for what she was going to become a supervisor. So we knew this was happening. So to right. get this, and we didn't know she was going to die the next day, but to get this literally the night before she passed away, it's right. like, what what purpose did this serve? What good did this do? What was the leadership thinking saying this, you know, this is a good this was not a good thing. This was a bad mm-hmm. thing. This was a poor choice. The best mm-hmm. thing that you could have done in this moment was continue to do what you were doing, lifting up, lifting her up in prayer. Mm-hmm. Praying for God's will to be done, praying for God to stay the hand of death, like all the things right. that we could have been praying about. I'm not yep. wasting my energy doing this fake ceremony because Mother McCool Lewis didn't drive to Texas and fly to Texas. They did that thing virtually. They probably had, you know what right. I'm saying? Like all, all of the mm-hmm. things, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it was this rushed attempt to honor her when to me, right. it was more disrespectful than honoring. So, right. I know this is kind of nuanced to the Koji Church, but let's have a greater conversation for all you Negroes who do not know how to honor people before they get out of here. If you got right. a friend, you got a mentor, you got a family yes. member, you got anybody who you know, and that maybe not had the type of impact that she had on the mm-hmm. church and the people that were connected to her, but anyone right. who has done some great things, honor them now. Don't wait yes. till I'm dead. Don't wait till me and Brian out of here to be talking about this podcast should have been on that and should have got a webby right. and should have got this and should have got that. No, right. if you believe in our product, write us the review now. Send us the right. five stars now. You know, right. tag the big name people now. And I'm not, I'm using yeah. us as an example because it's here. Right. But the same mm-hmm. thing for your friend. If you see a post that says, I'm looking for a graphic designer, you got a graphic designer, go gas them up in the comments. My yep. homeboy, my homegirl can do this. They're this, they're mm-hmm. that. Put their website, like do give the people their flowers now because when they are dead ain't nothing i can do with it it ain't nothing, nothing i can do with it there's no legacy nothing. behind that help me build my legacy today you know what i'm saying right. so just like what brian said about his theology i want to be known and i want to have a better conviction about how i treat people allow yeah. me to be a better person in terms of my support and how i push mm-hmm. other people you know what i'm saying me and brian were just talking about our brothers on the af podcast like they just shouted mm-hmm. us out by yes. showing you know what i'm saying i chancy charles me and chancy me and chancy talk at least once a week oftentimes recapping after listening to each other's show like there is support mm-hmm. there we've pushed them on our pages they push us right. on theirs and you know said yep. that because i want to see those black brothers win I yep. love the fact that they're creating space as two black uh, queer men doing the doggone thing, living mm-hmm. authentically with, you know what I'm saying, in themselves. Shake and sweat. Shout, you know shake shake and sweat. Shout, shout out to Shake and Sweat. Shout out to all of the things, right? I love, like, yeah. there's space for them to do what yeah. they're doing. And I have, I'm not, I'm not, je- we're not jealous of it. You know, mm-hmm. any, I think they reached 10,000 downloads before us. We were shouting them out. Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to say I gave the people the flowers that they were due. Even with our yep. friends, up to par, the Thomas Consulting Group, you know what I'm saying? Brian's sister is, you know, hosting international conference. Make life. My, KW Design. Yeah, KW Design. Design. My sister has a whole freaking bridal consultancy agency. Bridal. All, all the things, right? Friends who got boutique, Shars Boutique. I got all these things, right? All I want to be able to support and give them their flowers now because when they did, I want to say, man, y'all should have shopped at Shars Boutique. For what? Right. For what at that point, you know what I'm saying? Like, and not to say that the boutique wouldn't live beyond her, but what I'm saying right. is is that why not honor them or give them the just due or recommend them for the awards or the grants or whatever it is while they're alive. Don't right. don't Brian, if y'all did something like that for me on my deathbed, I'm gonna use my last few breaths to cuss you out. <laughs> and make sure I got one more left to say. Now, Father, forgive me before I close my eyes up. <laughs> because, like, because there's literally nothing I can do with that as I'm fighting for my life. And right. so, while, again, while this is a nuanced situation, it speaks to a greater problem that we are not honoring people in the way. Like, even when we think about the BET Awards and stuff, too many of our icons have gotten tributes after they died. Mm-hmm. When they should have been honored and revered while they were here. Yes, without a doubt. 
it should have been shown all the now some of them have like BT gave it up to Prince and stuff like that when he was still here but there's right. a few people who didn't make it to have that kind like even like again uh, and I'm going off because this bothers it's fine. me it's fine. but like even with the Aretha movie why did the biopic have to happen after she was dead Right. If she already knew she wanted Jennifer Hudson, make the dang old movie. Like, right. Riri went out here touring and selling out. Like, she wasn't, like, you know, her career pretty much had reached its pinnacle, and she was a, right. she was a living legend and icon. Uh, mm-hmm. Let her see that movie, and you know what I'm saying? And I get it. I get it. Like, people like the Clarks, like Madame Oz Clark, at that time, they weren't doing biopics, especially on black folk, especially on black right. church folk. So there are some, some, some exceptions yeah. here. But for the most part, some of these people, like the OJs, Give them a story. Like, I think we've talked about this before. They were one of the groups who said, we're not doing that crossover stuff. We're going to stay committed. And because of that, right, they didn't see mm-hmm. the same success of a Temptations or the Miracles and stuff like that. But tell their story, the hard mm-hmm. decisions they had to make, why they chose not to do these things, why they're still here. You see what I'm saying? And, and, that, and that's an extreme example. My point is, is that give these people the flowers while they're here. Stop doing all this. Um, I always mess this word up. Post-muthly stuff whatever however it's pronounced right i always mess it up Uh but stop doing that stuff so some things you know are triggered by death but for the most part we can avoid these backhanded levels of honor honor me while i'm alive i want to smell my flowers and not be buried under them right perfect and that's been a greater conversation. It's been a greater episode that's been of another episode of GXL podcast. <laughs> and if you coach again, you want beef run up on me. You know where I'm at. Exactly. All the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> like all the all the smoke. You know where we are. I grew up in it. So I know where we are. And, right. I, and my mind ain't changing. But right. thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> um, thank you all for being a part. Thank you all for being a part of this conversation. Um, next week as we wrap up. Um, Mental Health Awareness Month. We have a great conversation plan. Um, we're gonna yeah, round it up with some a little bit official, um, mm-hmm. and then we'll also be <laughs> celebrating um, one year in the game. So you never one know year. what kind of surprises we have up our sleeves. You know, un- under our wife beater, you never know what <laughs> what we got hidden under there. Brian, let them know what they can do. Man, please, as always, again, like Josh said, please support support us. Five stars or nothing at all. Uh, leave a comment, share some, some, uh, some share our content. Uh, feel free to tag some folks who you think are amazing that you love on the podcast. Make sure you put them, tag them on our page. Um, tell us what you want us to hear. Tell us what you want to hear. Uh, follow us on the Jigsaw Podcast. Check out our website. Uh, follow us on Facebook and stuff. Follow us personally. Do all those things that you do to support. Um, we do appreciate it. We do thank you. We do honor you and we love you for everything you're doing. We're going to give you your flowers while you're here. So to our Jigsaw listeners, folks that have been listening to this podcast for almost a year now, thank you. We appreciate your support. You could have been listening to anything else. We decided to listen to these black boys who love the Lord, uh, but also love uh, gangster rap and trap music. That's it. That's it. Um, so, Josh, before we head out, please tell the people what they need to do. Um, mind your business. Um <laughs> Moisturize your skin, drink plenty of water, use flushable wipes. You know, the things that we tell y'all to do because we do, you know, and invest in your self-care. But beyond all that, you can you can only do what you can while you can um, in the best ways that you can. But remember, don't you ever get caught with your work undone. And that is a wrap. Good night, y'all. Love y'all. Peace.